I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Pin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to ThinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word SID. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Investigators from the FBI, along with local law enforcement officers, searched the home of the suspect, 33-year-old Mauricio Garcia, who allegedly opened fire at a Texas outdoor mall Saturday afternoon. The community now mourning for the eight victims who were killed and praying for those who are currently being treated at the hospital. The victims range in age from 5 to 61 years old. The civil trial against Donald Trump moves forward. The former president has rejected his last chance to testify, setting up closing arguments to begin. Writer E. Jean Carroll accuses Trump of raping her in a department store dressing room in 1996. She says Trump defamed her by denying the claims. A grand jury this week expected to decide if a 24-year-old Marine, Daniel Penny, will be criminally charged in the chokehold death of 30-year-old Jordan Neely on board a subway train. Among the considerations, did Neely pose a threat to the safety of other passengers? And did Penny use excessive force when he held Neely in that chokehold reportedly for about 15 minutes? The story sparked protests this weekend that made their way down into the Lexington Avenue 63rd Street station and onto the tracks, forcing trains to stop. A state of emergency is in place in Rockland County, where up to 300 asylum seekers could be arriving to a hotel very soon. Orange Town Supervisor Teresa Kenny got the unexpected call from Mayor Eric Adams Friday that asylum seekers from New York City will instead be heading to the Armoni Inn in her town imminently. Let's see if we can work this out together. Essentially, don't send them up. We're not ready for them. The community is not ready for them. And, um, you know, it's I keep him in the city.
What is it, uh, Philip Bailey's birthday today? Walking on the Chinese Wall, Philip Bailey, of course, the lead singer, of course, of one of the all-time greatest bands ever, Earth, Wind, and Fire. This is a solo album he did alongside Phil Collins, Walking on a Chinese Wall. Funny today. This is done about 20-plus years ago. Is it uh, Philip's birthday today, Lewis? Yes. Ah. Uh, but I have to wait to get the birthday because I'm until the song is... Faded. You have to wait till the song fades. Yeah, I understand. I, yes. I, I yes. I'm going to go with about uh, 71. Let's That's not going to be my prediction. 71 for Phil Bailey. Uh, 49 and 23. So you're for looking 69. at uh, 74. Wow. Yeah. How is he yep. so- Wow. How does that happen, right? I know. Oh, man, where has our child gone? Where's it gone? So that was a uh, a busy weekend, a lot in that open, put together brilliantly, I must say, by Justin Ellick from the Texas shooter, eight killed in a Texas mall massacre. They're saying now he was a neo-Nazi, a white supremacist, a, a far-right guy, all that stuff. That's uh, That's what MSNBC, of course, is all over this morning because they continue to want to push the white supremacy stuff. So Joe and Miko all over that. That was uh, in the open. Of course, uh, the Jordan Neely saga continues. In fact, I made a last-second appearance on Jesse Waters on Friday night. I was supposed to do Jesse this week, but uh, Jesse called uh, my person and said, could we get Sid tonight? And it was uh, three days ago, Friday. Mind you, when you look at the ratings, Jesse gets about 2.6 million viewers a night. It's a big deal. Much bigger than anything else on Fox News, maybe outside of the five. That's it. And he blows away Newsmax and the rest of these networks. So that was a a big appearance on Friday. And we talked about the Jordan Neely, Daniel Penny disaster at this point. So all those uh, folks holding up subways all day Saturday, these lowlifes, these protesters. And I said it last week, Lewis, and I mean it. I'm at the point now for as democratic as free speech is and the right to assemble peacefully, blah, blah, blah. I'm at the point now where if they decided to abolish, they made this some type of amendment and abolish protests, I'd be fine with that. Because nine times out of ten, these protests either erupt in violence or like you saw on Saturday, they don't care about other people holding up the trains. And I just, I don't know how many protests I've seen where I've been like, wow, that's good. You know why? Because like I said to Danielle on Saturday, Republicans don't do that. We don't do that, right? Something doesn't go our way, and we get upset. We don't burn down cities. We don't start fights in the street. We don't stand on subway tracks. We don't punch people in the face having dinner innocently on the Upper West Side. We don't do that. They do that. So all these protests are basically them for the most part. We had one January 6th, which they talk about over and over and over again. And why is that? Because that's our only one. I mean, could you imagine if we talked about, oh, I don't know, any given night during the summer of 2020, as much as they talk about January 6th? And even this weekend, that was disgusting, what those people did standing on the tracks. Can you imagine being on that F train? I'd want to go out and, and, and really, I hate to say this, but shoot them all. I really would. <laughs> for, <laughs> for what? Like an hour, two hours yeah, or something delayed? please. So those are uh, two major stories you heard in the open. Mage, of course, won the Kentucky Derby. If you bet $2 on Mage to win the Kentucky Derby, 
you got paid $32.42. Went off at 15 to 1. If you played a $2 exacta, Mage winning the Derby and two Bills coming in second, your payday on a $2 bet, just over $330. So that sets up another wild preakness. Can a long shot at 15 to 1 do it again? We're going to find out. But the biggest story locally, it was in the open, was on the cover of today's New York Post. And congratulations to Rob Astorino, who joined me on this show on Friday. Kind of making fun of Rob on Friday, like, you think you're good enough to do this? And now he's, uh, he's been splashed all over the place. <laughs> the headline of today's New York Post reads, Suburban Warfare, Rockland Poles Threat to Adams if Mayor Ships Migrants. Quote, I'll grab you by the throat. So that was Rockland County Executive Ed Day. He was on Rob Astorino's show. You know, they just showed all those quotes on New York One. And it actually said underneath the quotes, the Rob Astorino show, but no mention of WABC. Oh, they what? hate us. What? Well, Ira Lewis hates my guts. Yeah, no mention. Just says the Rob Astorino show. Well, I hate to say it, but what does that mean? <laughs> you got to mention WABC. But it turns out, of course, that Rob Astorino was a Westchester County executive for many years. So my assumption is he's friends with all the county executives. Laura Curran, for many years, was the Nassau County executive. Now Bruce Blakeman doing an amazing job. And this guy, Ed Day, is the Rockland County executive. So he finds out, I guess, Friday or Saturday. It must have been uh, Friday because I got a hysterical text from Mike Lawler. Mike Lawler is the congressman out of Rockland County. He was on just last week. He very rarely texts me to come on the show. And he texted me on Saturday morning and said, hey, can I come on and talk about the migrants? At that point, I had no idea what he was talking about, none. In fact, literally one second before Mike Lawler texted me, Vinny Viola texted me from the stables in Lexington, Kentucky, to tell me that his horse, the favorite, to win the Kentucky Derby Forte was just scratched. And I was like, what? Vinny, what do you mean? Well, well, what? He says, Sid, this is an unbelievable horse. This is a horse that can win everything. Breaks my heart, but believe it or not, he stepped on a pebble. The horse stepped on a pebble. And that was it. He said, I worry about the horse first, and we're going to scratch him. I said, Vinny, I'm so sorry. His whole life, he couldn't wait for an opportunity like this. And the day of the race, the horse steps on a pebble. Now, that's the horrible news. The good news for Vinny is he also owns the Florida Panther hockey team. And right now, they are, they've got a commanding three-game-to-zero lead over the Toronto Maple Leafs. They are just one win away. Toronto has to win four straight. That ain't going to happen. So Florida is just one win away from moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals, where they'll face either Carolina or New Jersey, and the Devils did get a win yesterday to cut Carolina's lead to 2-1. to one. So the good news is his Florida Panthers are on their way, basically, to the Eastern Conference Finals, but the horse couldn't run on Saturday. Yeah. And is that unbelievable? Yeah. Except on a pebble. You, you, could, you could be a baseball player, the way they freak out over injuries and like, oh. Well, now the horses, you got, you got to be very, very careful, very. So he, it's actually nice. He put the horse first over his big day. But then again, like one second after that, Mike Lawler texted me, so I got to come on. And uh, I made him explain to me why he was so hysterical at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning. And now, of course, we know 
Rob Astorino's show was later on that day. Ed Day goes nuts, and now we know why. Bussing, I think, just under 400 migrants up to Rockland County, which, ironically, my nephew Henry, as I told you last week, he was bar mitzvahed on Saturday in Rockland County. Now, we were going, me and Gabe. I told you folks out last week, and we couldn't make it. Ava got sick, and uh, so we all couldn't go. But I told you my niece Tamara, my nephew Lorne, my sister Alana, my brother-in-law Harry, about to celebrate this big event. My mom was there, so we couldn't make it. And again, ironically, it was in Rockland County on Saturday. So here's what you missed if you missed Rob Astorino's show on Saturday after it was announced by the mayor he's going to ship a little less than 400 migrants north to Rockland County. This was Rockland County Executive Ed Day once again on the cover of today's New York Post. Nice job by Rob Astorino talking to Rob about what he wants to do to Mayor Adams. And it gets pretty rough. Ed Day, Lewis, cut number four. This is a horrible, horrible situation. And from my perspective, I will not not let this stand. He has the utter audacity to tell some of the media outlets, oh, we did brief the county executive and the... um, and the town supervisor in Orangetown. That's utter nonsense. They called, never told us a thing. And the, the, the lackey he has who called me, every time I asked him, what's going on? He goes, well, I want to talk to the town supervisor. So I'm the county executive. I'm the chief executive officer of this county. What's going on? He wouldn't tell me. And now we know why, because they're liars. He decided he was going to do this. He never offered a question. He never asked for an opinion. He just said, screw you, Rockland County, we're going to do it. Well, here's my response. Mr. Adams, you try to run us over, I will reach up and grab you by the throat for the people of Rockland County. You are not getting away with this, and you picked the wrong person to fight with. I'm going to reach out and grab you by the throat. You picked the wrong person to fight with. I'm not sure the mayor picked Ed Day to fight with, but I love Ed Day's enthusiasm, and he's right. You know, look, I, I gave the mayor a lot of credit on Fox News on Friday night, on Jesse Watershaw, I'll play it for you for the way he handled the Jordan Neely-Danny Penny situation, right? Kathy Hochul, AOC, they want the Marine to get the death penalty. Adams is like, slow down, let's see what happened here. That was actually a great response from the mayor. But this migrant stuff, the mayor is failing miserably. And I've had him on, and I've asked him about it time and time again, and it's really very simple. The mayor wants to have it both ways, and you can't. You cannot be a sanctuary city, and then bitch about people coming here. And that's what the mayor does. And then he wants billions of dollars from the federal government. He ain't getting any of that. So now the mayor, who, again, is okay with New York being a sanctuary city, now he's got to move these people all over the place and these other communities, they ain't having it. And I got to tell you, if I own a nice house in New City or Pearl River, or any one of these nice towns in Orangeburg, I don't want it either. I don't want it either. I don't want Kathy Hochul putting housing in Nassau County. I don't want these people living next to me in my $2 million house. So these politicians need to become aware very quickly that Ed Day may be the first. He ain't going to be the last. People are pissed. They've had enough. They've had enough. And it's going to get exponentially worse Come this Thursday when Title 42 goes away. Title 42, if you don't know Donald Trump, there he is again. 
Donald Trump put it into place during COVID, and that has kept out thousands, hundreds of thousands of migrants, to Donald Trump's credit. It's going away on Thursday. It's going to get worse. And again, these people in these communities don't want them, and I don't blame them. I don't either. I don't either. Enough is enough. So what day, I'll grab you by the throat. That may sound a bit rough, but hey, man, that's how these people feel. Also, we heard from Teresa Kenny. She's the Orange Town Supervisor in Rockland County on the mayor sending these migrants to her neighborhood. This uh, Lewis would be Teresa Kenny, cut number five. Let's see if we can work this out together, you know. But essentially, don't send them up. We're, we're not ready for them. Or the community's not ready for them. And, uh, you know, it's I th- keep them in the city. We're looking into maybe preemptively filing a lawsuit. So there you have it. She wants to file a lawsuit, Teresa Kenny. Ed Day wants to wrap his hands around the mayor's neck. <laughs> Congratulations to Rockland County for standing up finally. Everybody else kind of just bitches and complains and goes along with it. Rockland County's like, no. Right now, in fact, in Rockland County, they've declared a state of emergency. But here's my question before I talk to Mike Lawler, congressman from Rockland County, big guest coming up. At 725. Let's go to Noam, Noam Layden. He is our news leader, I guess. Noam, what is your title again? I'm sorry. It is news director. Right, news director, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, Adams uh, says, I'm sending these migrants to you. Ed Day says, I'm going to wring your neck. And Teresa Kenny says, I'm going to sue you. And that may happen. But in the end, is Adams still going to get his way? Probably, because this hotel's agreed already to take on these 300 men who are going to be sent up there probably as soon as Wednesday, maybe even earlier now with these threats. Uh, you know, the legalese, I mean, to stop that, I don't I don't know that's going to work. I mean, they can sue them, and they may even win this, but it'll be weeks, if not months, down the road, and by that time, those migrants will already be going to dinner in New City. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, well, I don't know if they'll be going to dinner in New City, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but they will be living in that hotel because the hotel's already said they're, they're taking them on. What do you think about Ed Day's comments? I thought, was, I mean, the ringing the neck is the greatest comment of the entire okay, weekend. Okay, because some people may be like, that's a bit much. I thought it was great. I, I think times this type of issue calls for that type of dialogue. Of course. Rhetoric. Right? But you know what? Uh, the mayor's doing what he, I guess he has to do. He's run out of space. And we were getting 200 migrants a day when things kind of slowed down. But now the thought is it could be 1,000 migrants wow. a day <laughs> from the U.S. southern border. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Maybe that's why Axios has a new poll out this morning on NBC. This is the first time in a long time I've heard this. We know Trump is destroying Ron DeSantis in the primary, but for the last couple of months, all I've heard is, well, Trump can't beat Biden. Look at the polls. Well, Bo Deedle, Peter King, the rest of you guys who say that Donald Trump will join me on Wednesday. This is Trump week on Sitting Friends in the Morning. Donald Trump, 8.05 this Wednesday morning. For you folks that say Donald Trump is not electable, you may want to do your homework. Right now, he's beating Biden in the latest polls, including Axios. Uh, has that story this morning. So this is a part of the reason. All these cities and states across this country, they've seen enough. They've had enough. We ain't going to help Joe Biden, I'll tell you that. And it's not going to help Mayor Eric Adams either. All right, so we've got a big, big show coming up today. Great guest. Thank you, Noam. As always, on a Monday morning, we start with the icon, the legend Curtis Sliwa. He's coming up at 7.05. 
725, once again, Congressman Rockland County. Like Ed Day, like Teresa Kenny, he's furious. Mike Lawler will join us coming up at 740, as he does every Monday morning. From the National Review, Rich Lowry. 825, we'll do Nuggets with Noam. 840, the great defense attorney, Arthur Idala. He'll be in the courtroom tomorrow. I should say today, today, when Joe Tacopina sums up the Trump rape case. Coming up at 9.05, Victims' Rights New York, Jennifer Harrison on this Neely Penny story. And who knows, maybe some more surprises along the way. All the sports, news, and pop culture you need on New York's favorite talk show. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Happy Monday morning, New York. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. It's easy enough to be what? Measure these things by your grades. I sank into Eden with you Alone in the church by and by I'll read to you here, save your eyes You'll need them, your boat is at sea Your anchor is out, you've been swept away Greatest of teachers won't hesitate to leave you there by yourself, chained to pain. Yeah, I alone love you. I alone tell you. I alone love you. There is nothing in this. I alone love you. I alone tell you. A little break from me. News Madness. We got like nine guests coming on today discussing everything from the Texas Mall massacre to the Rob Astrino interview with Ed Day, the whole Rockland County mess, to uh, Axios, a column today, Fox News, and Tucker uh, Carlson. It's going to be war. Tucker Carlson getting ready to torch Fox News. I mean, torch him. Trump leading Biden in the latest polls on this Trump week on the Sid Rosenberg show. But I got to tell you, you know, of course, I'm a huge sports guy, and my first baseball memory, a New York Met fan my whole life, and the Mets have been really disappointing. Again, you know, the Devils are still playing hockey. For a while there, we talked about the Rangers and Knickerbockers are still playing basketball. They've got a big game four in Miami tonight. They got rolled on Saturday by the Heat. Julius Randle was terrible, and the Knicks got blown out, quickly got hurt. So now the Knicks are down two games to one. Game four coming up tonight. And going back to the Rangers, after two 100-plus point seasons, I was shocked to see on Saturday that the Rangers fired 
their head coach could lot. But I always say this. You know, people just see standings and wins and losses. They're not there every day. Like, you're at home. You're just watching the games. There's a whole day of events, right? There's practice. The GM has to deal with the coach. We don't see any of that stuff. All we see is, how do you fire a guy when the team had 107 points? Well, maybe him and the GM didn't get along. Maybe some of the players didn't like him. We don't know what happens the day-to-day operations. It was like Terrell Owens was a great NFL wide receiver. He'd go out on Sunday, eight catches, 142 yards, and two touchdowns, and everybody hated him because all week long he was a pain in the ass. So clearly, Jury, the Ranger GM, and Gallant, the Ranger head coach, didn't like each other. In fact, there are reports at least once, maybe twice, in the tunnel during the playoffs they had words. So despite really tremendous regular season success the last two years, and by the way, an Eastern Conference Finals appearance last year, the Rangers fired Gallant on Saturday. But uh, the Mets and Yankees are lucky. No one's really talking about them. But they are really incredibly disappointing. I mean, Aaron Boone and Buck Walter may get fired talking about Gerard Gallant. It's been that bad. The Mets are under 500. Steve Cohen wants to kill himself. But my first Met memory, I told you this before, I was six years old. The year was 1973. And my father, my late great father, Harvey, was getting a haircut at Joe's Barbershop, Avenue U in Brooklyn by you in Bedford. And I'm sitting in the chair, a little kid, and I told you, straight out of, like, a Bronx tale, there was always two or three fat guys in the back of the barber shop with a transistor radio. Back then, we had transistor radios, always listening to baseball. And on this day, I'll never forget it, the Mets were playing the Oakland A's in the World Series. A redheaded third baseman by the name of Wayne Garrett was at the plate for the Mets. And on the mound for the A's was their ace, a guy named Vita Blue. Blue was a tremendous pitcher, tremendous. How good? Well, let's put it this way. He's one of just 11 pitchers in Major League Baseball history to win the Cy Young and the MVP in the same season. And he did it with the A's in 1971. He also became the first pitcher ever to start for both leagues in an All-Star game, doing it for the A's and the Giants. He was tremendous. And they just celebrated the 50-year anniversary, like the Knicks did, of the 1973 A's team that beat my Mets that year in that World Series back on April the 16th, just a couple of weeks ago. And one of the great A's on that team was a guy you recognize, Reggie Jackson. And Reggie walked in. He said, I didn't even recognize Vida. He must have lost 80 pounds. He looked horrible. And now, of course, about three weeks later, Vita died yesterday. One of the great baseball players ever, Vita Blue, dead yesterday at the age, this is so odd, of 73. So the A's won the World Series in 73, beat the Mets. Vita dies at the age of 73. And it brought back all these memories from me of my father and baseball and Rusty Staub and the Mets. Vita Blue, dead at the age of 73.
All right, lots to do this morning. Again, we got six or seven big-time guests. Traffic with my man Joe Nolan coming up next. Right now it's time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to the Cats Roundtable. My guy John Katz and Matides. It's a terrific show. Common sense prevails. Always tells both sides of the story. It's a must-listen every Sunday morning starting at 8. Listen anytime on the 77 WABC app. Here John talks with an old friend of Bernie and Sid, our good buddy Bob Eugen, who once lost to that scumbag Menendez. Bob Eugen, chairman of the New Jersey Republican State Committee, here with John Katsimatidis. Everybody's moving out of New York, going to uh, cities with more sun. What's going on in New Jersey, uh, Bob? Well, you know, John, people are sick and tired of the high taxes, the education agenda that these progressive people are putting on our kids and our families is horrific. And what they're doing to the environment is terrible. So moving to, to Florida and places like that is such a smart thing for so many people to do. It's so sad because we don't want to leave. We want to stay here and fix it. And that's what we're committed to doing. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They are the world's best built boilers. Start on the diamond here where both local teams they just continue to play very underwhelming baseball. The Mets got walloped at home by a score of 13-6 to to the Colorado Rockies, falling under 500 at 17-18 and overall, and now sitting seven games back of the first place Atlanta Braves. They'll be off today before traveling to Cincinnati to open a series with the uh, Reds tomorrow night. Believe it or not... The Yankees fared much worse uh, with ace Garrett Cole surprisingly blowing a six-run lead in Tampa Bay to the Rays yesterday, and the Yanks ultimately losing 8-7 to seven in 10 innings with the series loss to the first-place Rays. The Bombers now sit at a very depressing 10 games back of their division arrivals. Perfect timing, though, for the league's worst in the Oakland Athletics to come into town. Set to open up a three-game set in the Bronx tonight at 7.05 p.m. Nestor Cortez will get the start in pinstripes going up against Oakland's J.P. Sears on the ice in Jersey uh, yesterday. The Devils took it to the Carolina Hurricanes in Game 3. By a convincing score of 8-4, Jack Hughes, he was every bit of the superstar New Jersey needed in this one, delivering two goals on the night. And with a win on the board now, the Devils can keep fighting to hopefully even up the series come Game 4 in Newark tomorrow night. In the NBA, the 76ers beat the Celtics 116-115 to in overtime to even the East semifinals at two games apiece, while the Suns toppled the Nuggets 129-124 to to not their West semifinals series at two as well. Tonight, your New York Knickerbockers are back on the floor in Miami for Game 4, currently down two games to one to the Heat. Tip-off is scheduled for 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and the 15-to-1 odds Mage wins the 2023 Kentucky Derby. Here with sports, sponsored by Pete Morgan of Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best-built boilers, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC.
a gorgeous day again today. My tan is kicking. I'm on July. I'm not my August tan yet, but I'm July. Spent a lot of Saturday and Sunday playing volleyball. It's like uh, Tom Cruise, Top Gun, out there, no shirt on, muscle, tan, the whole thing, with a bunch of young kids. And um, now my groin hurts, my leg hurts, I'm a mess. But I loved it. I didn't even play basketball this weekend, all volleyball. There's a big volleyball court by my apartment building, right there by the NYPD Memorial. And we get some good games going on the weekend. So I loved it. And today I'll uh, go out and tan again. How do I know I'm so tan? I saw myself on television, which I hate doing. Every time I watch myself on TV, I don't really like it. Despite people telling me, man, you look great. You sounded great. Thousands of them on Friday night. Thousands. I'm always uh, critical, you know. Now, the radio stuff, I'm not. A lot of my friends who are on radio, they're like, I can't listen to myself. Shut up. Of course you can. But I uh, went back this morning with Justin Ellick, and I watched my appearance on Jesse Waters on Friday. <laughs> That's right. Yes, we thrilling did. morning for him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's look at that segment. See, I, this I, is why I'm not going to go up on this whole Tucker Carlson thing, <laughs> because I enjoy going on Fox News. In fact, for the longest time, the only guy that really put me on Fox News was Brian Kilmeade, who follows me every day on this station at 10 o'clock. In fact, Brian celebrated a birthday yesterday. So Kilmeade would put me on Fox and Friends. He put me on once or twice. And his own show, One Nation, 8 o'clock Saturday nights on Fox News, I've been on a bunch of times. But here comes Jesse Waters, like a horse on the outside Kentucky Derby. And my last two appearances, soon to be three, on Fox News, are with Jesse. So I actually sent Kilmeade a text yesterday, and I said, Happy birthday, Jesse, dot, dot, dot. Oops, I mean, Brian. And Brian responded by saying, ouch. Because <laughs> we had this conversation on this show on air last week, me and Brian, that the more Waters puts me on, the more Kilmeade lines up behind him. So uh, if you missed it, we discussed the other big story. Rockland County is a big story this morning. And, of course, we'll talk to Congressman Mike Lawler out of Rockland County coming up at 725. Nice job by Rob Astorino on this station on Saturday getting Ed Day to come on and actually <laughs> threaten Mayor Adams with physical violence, which is great. I really want to see it, but it was great that Ed Day did it. But the other story that is still big, a grand jury set to hear this week, Daniel Penny, the Marine, who I still think is a hero, and Jordan Neely. And Neely, of course, killed on a subway last week. So if you missed me on Jesse Waters, go back and watch it, because I'm wearing a really nice electric blue jacket, white shirt, tan. <laughs> I look really good. Sorry. Just, so if you missed it, check out, yeah, check, my, it out. check out what I was wearing. I'm not even mad at Jesse. He introduced me, and he actually left out. One of the words in the title of my book, as you're about to hear, I'm not even mad. I don't care. No, no, yes, you are. No, I'm not. You're not. You, no, because I'm going to go back this Friday and make sure he gets it correct, you know. You're thinking about it no, right I'm now. Fine. No, no, no. No, I love, I love going on that show. In fact, uh, Kellyanne Conway, there's a great picture of me and Kellyanne. Who I agree with Donald Trump. He needs to bring her back as his campaign manager. He has to. I don't want to hear about Steve Bannon. I think Bannon does more bad than good. I know Trump wants him back, too. I know he wants uh, Bossy back, too. you got to get Kellyanne. She was there hosting the 8 o'clock show. There's a great picture of her and I. But here it is, uh, Jesse Waters, 
Fox News Friday night talking about this Jordan Neely Daniel Penny story. Now, at the same time, Curtis Sliwa, who I have to say has done an amazing job at this story, and of course he has. Who knows more about subways and crime than the man who started the Guardian Angels over four decades ago? The icon, Curtis Sliwa, who will join me in about 20 minutes. So I'm on with Jesse Waters and his two and a half million viewers. At the same time, Curtis is on with my friend Rob Schmidt and his, like, five viewers. (laughs) And I love Rob. Rob Rob is a really good TV guy, great-looking guy. But that was an unfair fight. But the night before, Curtis was on Sean Hannity who, by the way, does not get as many viewers as Jesse Waters. So this is a cut number one. I believe this is the Jesse introduction, and we start the conversation. Lewis, cut number one. WABC New York radio host and author of Citizens, Sid Rosenberg, joins me now. When you see people chanting on the street like that, justice or we burn it all down, Alvin Bragg is going to see that. Do you think he's going to get intimidated to charging this guy, this Marine? I think he will. That's been his history, right? He didn't really want to charge President Trump in that first case. He ended up doing it because of the pressure he he got got there. So that's his history. Look, I understand there are folks who have sympathy for this kid. I do, too. 14 years old, his mother was not, she didn't pass away. She was murdered and placed in a plastic bag. That's a lot to handle. I get it. I get it. But, but, years later, 40 arrests, the Marine on the subway platform didn't have Wikipedia. He didn't know. He couldn't Google this kid like you and I and find out this kid went through what he went through at the age of 14. All he saw was there's a crazy person yelling, screaming, throwing garbage, scaring people, and I'm not going to let somebody die on the subway platform today. That was cut number one. So I showed a little sympathy for the kid because, again, no child at 14 should go through the murder of their mother. And, And for years, this kid was telling people, I can't get over that. But, but, eventually... Something's got to be done. And what he was doing that day was inexcusable. And the Marine, again, didn't know this kid's history and did the right thing. This is a cut number two where Jesse asked me, if I was a Marine, would I do the same? What you're supposed to do, Sid, is you're supposed to just lean into the punch. <laughs> yeah, and I you're supposed that. to say, you poor, deranged, <laughs> schizophrenic drug addict, yeah. just take your anxiety out on my chin. No, you're right. You're supposed to do that. But you made this point last night. I played on my radio show this morning, and you were right. The people to blame are the people in charge of mental illness in this city, right? I mean, Governor Adams had a nice plan. It hasn't materialized yet. The truth is, people like this should not be walking the streets. He was a ticking time bomb. It was meant to happen at some point. Again, we felt badly the kid died, but this Marine did what a lot of New Yorkers should be doing every day. I complain all the time. Would you do this? Would you do this? Sid Rosenberg, would you step up and put someone in a chokehold that you looked like was threatening someone's life on the subway? Do you see my body, Jesse? (laughs) Of course I would. (laughs) Oh, by the way, I did call him Governor Adams here, but okay, okay, and decide to see my my body, Jesse, of course I would. But then I go on to explain that if they really charge this Marine, less and less New Yorkers would do what they should do, which is step up and help. This is the final cut, cut number three. But on a serious note, on a yeah. serious note, this is where the story goes bad. Because if you asked me this three days ago, without hesitation, I would have said, you bet, Jess, I'm going to jump into the middle of that. Now, if they arrest this guy for murder, I'm not doing a thing. It's open season on the subway. Same thing with the cops. If you want to aid another citizen or if it's a cop, you want to do your job, you become the bad guy. 
There's something wrong with that. It is. Well, it's a terrible tragedy. Nearly passed away. It was a horrible accident. It's just very upsetting to everybody involved, and we hope we figure this thing out next week. But isn't it amazing, as you played that piece, that Mayor Adams is the voice of reason? Governor Hochul, she continues to be evil, the worst governor ever, even worse than Cuomo. Governor Adams, excuse me, Mayor Adams is now the voice of reason this week in New York. You just said that because you like to go out to dinner with him. That's true. Just two nights ago. <laughs> All right, there you have it. So for as much as Governor, uh, I called him Governor Adams three times already, as Mayor Adams was the voice of reason, he was in this nearly penny situation. And again, a grand jury set to hear that this week. We'll talk to Curtis Thiebaud coming up. He is not the voice of reason at all in this migrant crisis. He wants it both ways. He wants to be a sanctuary city. And then he is sending all these folks to all these communities and it's causing all kinds of issues all over New York. Now, the, the question that was posed to me this morning, and Noel, maybe you can uh, answer this too once again before Curtis and Mike Lawler is, Adams is the mayor of New York City. How is he able to send migrants to Orange County? A question I do not know the I answer mean, right, to. I mean, right, it makes sense. It being Brooklyn, Manhattan, Staten Island, the Bronx, New York City. But how is he able to send these people to New City or Pearl River. He doesn't have any authority there, does he? Well, you, I guess you can make the same argument with Texas Governor Greg Abbott. How is he able to just put That's people true. on a bus to New York City? Right. Or uh, DeSantis to I Martha's mean, Vineyard. Or... Right. I mean, New York City claims to be a sanctuary city, so that's right. why he's sending him here. But uh, maybe Mayor Adams can make the same argument upstate. He can just send him there. I guess you're right. All right so there you have it. We got, uh, again, a plethora of big-name guests stopping by, 7 o'clock hour. You got three of them with Curtis Sliwa, Rockland County Congressman Mike Lawler, and which Lowry, 8 o'clock hour, you get Norm's Nuggets and famed defense attorney Arthur Idala. We're going to play the Trump deposition tape. Donald is not coming to New York. He's not coming. They've got a video, Joseph Takapina of Trump denying, of course, he's ever even met this lady, let alone, uh, you know, raped her, allegedly. So we've got Idala coming up at 840, and then Victims Rights New York, Jennifer Harrison, more on this nearly penny story coming up at 905. The number is always 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Gorgeous, sun-splashed Monday morning in New York City. And here on Sid and Friends in the Morning... We're thrilled to have you. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. So before you made your statements that it never happened in 2019, did you or anyone on your staff reach out to anyone at Bergdorf Goodman? I didn't have to reach out to anybody because it didn't happen. Um, and, and by the way, if it did happen, it would have been reported within minutes. Talking about going to a major floor, probably, I assume, the most important floor, uh, a major floor in a major department store that's a very busy store, by the way, and checkout counters and everything else. And I would be in there. I mean, it's the most ridiculous, it's the most ridiculous, disgusting story. It was just made up. Just released literally hours ago, the deposition tape from Donald Trump. And um, I got to say, I agree. Busy department saw Bergdorf Goodman, and he rapes her. I mean, come on, allegedly. 
and um, doesn't come out. She doesn't say a word. Calls her friends afterward. Doesn't even use the word rape. Now she's selling a book. I don't know. Now, I think Joseph Takapina has done an amazing job. The media killing him, of course. Even Brian Kilmeade the other day was uh, critical. I to punch Brian, of course, the face. But Audie Idala is going to be there today when I believe Takapina sums up his defense. And Arthur will join us at 840. So we've got every major story covered here. I mean, think about it. Curtis Sliwa. We'll talk a lot about, of course, uh, Penny and Neely. Mike Lawler. He is a congressman out of Rockland County. The Rob Astorino interview, terrific job by him on Saturday. Artie Idala in court with Joseph Takapina today. Jennifer Harrison, her own uh, issues here in New York, of course. Her boyfriend murdered. New York victims' rights. She's going to join us today. I mean, we got this thing covered. Rich Lowry on these latest polls that have Donald Trump ahead of Joe Biden. And uh, even the Tucker Carlson stuff. So we got a monster Three hours about to come your way with some great guests, and we kick it off as we do every Monday morning at 7.05 with the icon, the legend himself, my man Curtis Sliwa, our number two of New York's favorite talk show. That's us, sitting friends in the morning, about to come your way. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. ABC. Earth, Wind, and Fire for you. Today is Philip Bailey's birthday. He's a lead singer of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Had his own solo stuff as well alongside Phil Collins. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Let's groove tonight on Philip Bailey's birthday. We're going to talk to Congressman Mike Lawler out of Rockland County. I know he's on New York One, CNN, all that other stuff the rest of the day. But he joins us first, and he's coming up next. But, of course, we put this time aside every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. That's how good this guy is. Host noon to one every day on this station, all weekend long. The icon, the legend, Mr. Guardian Angels himself, my dear friend Curtis Sliwa. And I hate to start on a um, on a negative note, but my friend Lynn just sent me this. I swear I think Curtis must be scared to put Guardian Angels in Jamaica, Queens. There's nowhere they are needed more, but he puts them in Astoria? Pussy. Wow. No man. No, uh, am I the New York City Police Department? Excuse me. Uh, we are in Astoria battling AOC, all out crazy Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, and her little mini me. 
the people who are attacking the cops, who are encouraging children to basically curse the cops. Tiffany Caban, yes, but but this person contends, and you know better than me, is this person right that it is more dangerous there by Jamaica, Queens, than Astoria, Queens? Isn't that, isn't that the precinct where your friend Eric Adams claimed that he got a beat down in the basement? <laughs> And, oh, 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 he was so traumatized. From that, he wanted to be a cop. I never believed that story to begin with. Tell her to call Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, huh? <laughs> she and hates Eric way, Adams. She by the way, him. let's change from her. But she's right. There's a problem there. We need guardian angels everywhere. What a Freudian slip there with Jesse Waters. Three times, she said. Governor Adams. Governor Adams. Yeah. Oh, so Adams yeah, is conveying to you that he yeah. wants to run for governor. Well, no, he didn't do that. Oh, and yes, he did. The, the the segment was over, and my beautiful wife, Danielle, all she said was, you look great, you're sounding great, but you called Adams governor no, twice. No, no. You're too he, smart. You're he, too smart. <laughs> he doesn't want governor. He wants Yeah, but no, before you could get there, you got to prove you could go beyond <laughs> being mayor. Nobody goes beyond ever being mayor. You lose, you crash and burn. True. Look. Bloomberg with a billion dollars. What did he win in the Democratic primary? America Samoa. You go nowhere. So he's figuring nobody has ever really made this jump. But Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb is weak. I'll make the jump. So you with the Freudian slip. And let's face it, you've done enough cocaine in your lifetime probably to have equaled Freud, Sigmund Freud. <laughs> that was done purposefully. You were laying well, the groundwork maybe so. for a gubernatorial <laughs> run by your very dear friend Eric Adams. Well, if he does run, don't kid yourself. I'll get that tape. <laughs> and by the way, uh, probably his campaign manager will be your very dear friend Arthur Idala. By the way, I play that cut of what he said on your program about two weeks ago. Hey, Sid, it's really getting good in the subway. Hey, have you been down? Oh, man, it's really good. I play that over and over. With all these subway crimes and such, what a goofball. I mean, look, you could kiss the ass of the mayor, but Arthur Idala, your lips are hermetically <laughs> sealed on it to be saying yeah. stuff like well, that. I did How push ridiculous. Back. I pushed back on Artie when he said that. Don't forget, Artie's had... He has his own radio show. He's had the mayor on. He's had the governor. You know, Andrew Cuomo. So he tends to, uh, he's nice to some of these yeah, public yeah, wait officials. There's nice, and then there's being in a drug-induced psychosis. <laughs> oh, I ride the subway all the time. It's getting so much better down there. I know. Well, listen, uh, you heard my appearance on Jesse. I think uh, some of the viewers and Jesse, they were a little surprised that I started off by saying, hey, look, this kid does garner some sympathy. No 14-year-old kid should have to witness his mother being murdered and placed in a plastic bag. I'm sorry. But then I said, that's no excuse for years and years later to commit 40 crimes and scare the crap out of traveling New Yorkers. So I kind of gave him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Then I went after him. You were on with Rob Schmidt at the same time, but you've been doing a great job over the last couple of days wait, talking wait, wait, about this. Let story. me tell you, let, let me yeah. tell you something. They put me in a Hollywood Square situation, right? I'm, what? I'm, I'm a subway expert, right? What? Why would you have anybody else on with me? Who else was on? Some guy from Rochester, New York, who's never taken a subway Wait in his life. So you are telling me that Jesse Waters has a one-on-one with Sid Rosenberg yes. and Curtis Sliwa, who knows subways and crime more than anybody else in New York City. I had a chair, a people? box, a Paul Lynn oh, box God. on Hollywood Square. But they all do that. You know, they all have to have no, these Hollywood Square. I won't Sid, do it. I must tell you that Jesse Waters, that's why he does so much better. And that's why, what's his name that I appeared with? What was Rod his name? Schmidt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you keep doing Hollywood, Hollywood Squares, pal, with some guy from Rochester who never took the subway going. Blah, 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 blah. Well, you know what's funny? The night before I was on with Jesse, 
You were also on Fox News with Sean Hannity, and your comments were played everywhere. They were terrific. So where are we? I know the grand jury is about to hear this case this week. Daniel Penny's attorneys came out very aggressive, said, listen, he didn't want to kill the kid. That was unfortunate. Where are we in this case, and where should we be in this case? Where we should be is let Daniel Penny continue to live his life. He is an active United States Marine. You would think, who are you going to give the benefit of the doubt to? An active United States Marine who, so far we know, doesn't seem to have a problem in terms of his service to the country or even where he came from, West Islip. Then you look at Jordan Neely. All we see are these, uh, this loop of him being a Michael Jackson imitator. That's more than 10 years ago. More than 10 years ago. Do you realize that he is listed on the top 50 most dangerous, emotionally disturbed persons as is compiled by homeless services? Really? The top 50 most emotionally disturbed who live in the subway. Now I say, you have lists of these people and you don't remove them and take them to hospitals or shelters. You just make list after list after list. Whose fault is that? Is that the mayor? Is it somebody with the MTA? Because I even brought that up with Jesse that whoever's in charge of mental illness these type of people, they have to really take some of the burden here. Who is the one person most responsible Look, for that? MTA, Money Taking Agency, is a state agency. <laughs> Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, remember, originally said when she was confronted about Daniel Penny and Jordan Neely, there are consequences for action. So nobody really knew what she meant. Was there consequences for Jordan Neely or for the Marine Daniel Penny? Then three days later, oh, he was a passenger on the subway system. His family deserves justice. The lawyers, even probably your own wife, was like, oh, my God, we're looking at a civil lawsuit here, wrongful death case. The, the state taxpayers are going to be paying millions of dollars out based on what the governor said. And to his credit, you know, I've been the, the number one critic of Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. By the way, the mayor of the illegal aliens, he's proven that time and time again. But he was right to be cautionary on this. So Alvin Bragg is probably going to put, put it in front of a grand jury. And many people would say, well, then he's, he's dead on arrival. No, no, no. These grand jurors all ride the subway. I don't care if they're black, white, Hispanic, Asian. They all ride the subway. They deal with this every day, this Michigan. But it is Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb who's responsible, who couldn't take a subway a few stops without having her state troopers at the ready, 20 of them, all with their pistols in their hands saying, Governor, why are we in the subway, man? It's dangerous here, right? We're used to being up in Albany on Eagle Street and escorting you back and forth to the executive building. And by the way, let me ask you a question. You're going to have on Lawler, yeah, the congressman. That's right. Does anybody understand how this Wheel of Fortune works, how this Let's Make a Deal Monty Hall works, where Eric Adams ends up stuffing illegal aliens into various hotels? You go down to bankruptcy court in Wilmington, Delaware, home of Joe Biden. And well, hotel- whether the next bus should be going there. Yeah, yeah but this Delaware. is what happens. Yeah. These hotel operators who have gone bankrupt ever since the lockdown of March uh, of 2020, they had no guests. They go to bankruptcy court. The federal judge there says, hey, I understand that Eric Adams is Monty Hall. Let's make a deal. And they're directed to go to City Hall. And they, they sign these contracts. So this place, Armoni Inn and Suite up there in Orangeburg, by the way, in Hebrew, what does Armoni mean, huh? Penis. No, 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 no. It means Sorry. chestnut. It's <laughs> one of your penis. Oh. Bought it for five mil, <laughs> yeah. has gone bankrupt. They were going to turn it into a spa. So all of a sudden, the, the, the judge in bankruptcy court said, go to Eric Adams. He's willing to make a deal. And this is all a ruse. 
There's never going to be one migrant who moves in there. Is that right? They're going to get a court order. They're going to stop this. They're going to tie it up. No, no, no. They they can't do that. Yes, they can. He can get those migrants before the court order stops anybody. Let me tell you what's happening here while all that's going on. They're stuffing them into the old police training academy there on 20th and 3rd between 2nd. They're stuffing them into the Radisson Hotel down there on Wall Street, the Windsor Hotel in Chinatown. All this is going on. And then that hipster hotel motel, Holiday Inn Express, in Bushwick, Bed-Stuy, that was considered the place to be. They're shoving them in there. You know where they're mostly from? Venezuela. And you know why they're not seeking asylum? They come in with the tourist luggage with the wheels on it. Now, they didn't all of a sudden walk all the way from Venezuela through the jungles of Panama. They flew to the airports in Juarez, Laredo, TJ, and walked right across. This is all a scam. Most of these Venezuelans haven't been to Venezuela in seven years. <laughs> Wake up, everybody. <laughs> and don't, don't get caught by this. You know, hey, our guy, Rob Astrino, did a great job. Remember, originally two years ago, he was like tattoo in Fantasy Island, remember? The plane, yes. the plane, the plane yeah, in Westchester West, County West Airport. Airport that's and nobody right. paid attention in Stewart Airport up in Newburgh. The plane, the plane. No, we paid attention here. And In fact, Miranda Devine uh, wrote the next story about Stewart Airport in Newburgh. He said Westchester. Miranda followed up with Newburgh. And I brought it up to Eric Adams before. He said, listen, you know, your guy Joe Biden, he was flying these people in And you know where they were coming? Ago. You know where they were coming? They were coming right on down the Hutchinson Parkway in the wrong direction with a police escort, lights and bells and whistles going, and they were being dropped on 103rd in Corona under the 7 train on the way to City Field off Roosevelt Avenue. They were already coming into the city. Eric Adams knew it. Kathy Crimewave Holcomb knew it. They all knew it. But they had window shades on their eyes. They had cotton balls in their ears and a zipper on their mouth. Follow the money. All these hotels Follow the money. See that they're owned by LLCs, which means you'll never know who the owner-operators are. And see if they've been making contributions to Kathy Kreinboy Holcomb and your very dear friend, Eric Adams. Wow. Why don't you ask Frank Caron, the former chief of staff? He's the one who arranged all these deals with these LLCs. No, no, no. Frank Caron has not been there for a months and months. No, no, he hasn't been there. He's a great guy. Him and his brother, Anthony. I love them both dearly. I mean that sincerely. Anthony's one of my best friends in, uh, in, uh, in Bell Harbor. Uh, they have not been there for quite some time, so you can't blame Frank Caron for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not, all he's those contracts, there, right? He's a lobbyist for them now. No, Come on. No, no, no. He's got his own company. He's, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's got his own LLC, right? An LLC. Come on. This is all a money game. This is all a money game. They get wine, dined, and pocket. And I predicted this, and everybody said no. Eric Adams was negotiating for the Nassau County Coliseum. And Peter Kutcher, he is absolutely not. Ask the state senator out there who asked Eric Adams in the state legislative session with all the media there. Have you been negotiating with the Nassau County Coliseum? And your friend, Bruce Blakeman, who can't even chew gum and think at the same time. What? Yes. You oh, cannot yeah. attack my friend Bruce Blakeman oh, on my show. What a brilliant, what a immense Wait graduate. A second, yeah. The last time I spoke to Bruce Blakeman, just to show you how crazy you are, the one who talks about migrants at the former home of the Islanders in Nassau Coliseum, he's going to build a beautiful casino there. Yeah, right. He's going to get a license. <laughs> Mark Wanamai, you know that ain't happening. He's going to outbid Steve Cohen at City Field with the Mets, who's already been doing due diligence on this. That's all a cover. Jay-Z, too, in uh, Times Square. Yeah, yeah, sure. That'll come about. I'm telling you, Sid... When the owner of the lease of Nassau County Coliseum was asked, is this true? Did the city of New York, Eric Adams, reach out to you? No comment.
All right, so fair enough. What does that tell you, Sid? I don't know. I, I think what you're trying to get at is you respect the job that Eric Adams is doing with the migrants, but you're not totally thrilled. No! Are you kidding? He's the mayor of the migrants! Migrants! Why are you calling your migrants? They're illegal aliens! There's no asylum here! They're scamming the system, and Eric Adams is helping them do that. Then all of a sudden he goes, oh, I'm going to send them up to the Armoni Inn in Sweet Dan Orangeburg. And naturally, Ed Day, former cop, I might add, says, I'll grab you by the your larynx, and I'll choke the living daylights out of you, right? Great job by Rob Astorino on Saturday afternoon here, exposing that. But don't get caught up in that. He's already signed leases with hotel motels, Holiday Inn Expresses all over the five boroughs. He's, he's basically saying, who's your Papa Chulo? Who's your Papa Chulo? I'm your daddy Yankee. Andale, andale. Come on in. Come on in. Scam the system. I want $4 billion. What did he get so far? He got Ugats. He got Bupkis. What about the schmuck? Chuck E. Cheese Schumer, right? Well, I don't know. Americans haven't been creating enough children. We need the illegals. Hakeem Jeffries, quiet. Hey, how does how come he doesn't quote Biggie Smalls on this? Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb has given us nothing. We have a mayor who is mayor of the illegal aliens. What would you like? Con arroz habichuelas with the chuleta on top? Mafungo! Would you like a little Corona with the Cusano in? We'll get you the lime and the salt. Whatever you want, you get. The rest of you who pay taxes, Americans by birth, if you happen to be homeless, emotionally disturbed, you get who got. That's your guy with the $5,000 customized suits. Don't believe the hype. Watch all the hotels that are getting stuffed with illegal aliens as we speak. The former police academy on 20th and 3rd. Wake up, everybody. You elected this guy. He's not your mayor. He's mayor of the illegal alien invasion. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. How many of us have them? 77 WABC. This is a horrible, horrible situation. And it, 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 from my perspective, I will, not allow, I will not let this stand. He has the utter audacity to tell some of the media outlets, oh, we did brief the county executive and the... Um, and the town supervisor in Orangetown. That's utter nonsense. They called, never told us a thing. And the, the, the lackey he has who called me, every time I asked him, what's going on? He goes, well, I want to talk to the town supervisor. So I'm the county executive. I'm the chief executive officer of this county. What's going on? He wouldn't tell me. And now we know why, because they're liars. He decided he was going to do this. He never offered a question. He never asked for an opinion. He just said, screw you, Rockland County, we're going to do it. Well, here's my response. Mr. Adams, you try to run us over, I will reach up and grab you by the throat for the people of Rockland County. You are not getting away with this, and you picked the wrong person to fight with. 
That's Ed Day, the Rockland County Executive. I want to talk to Mike Lawler here, Congressman out of Rockland County, in a moment. I like this song a lot, Tame Impala, but this has uh, been a beautiful couple of days, and I'm missing home, missing my Bell Harbor house two blocks away from the beach. I mean, I live on the water now in Battery Park, but it's not nearly the same. Four of us inside a one-and-a-half-bedroom apartment. I miss my house. And I miss my neighbors. I talk about these people all the time, Joe and Maria Ferrante and Anthony Carone and Joe Murray. But specifically, my next-door neighbors, these are such amazing people. Billy Felton, who's a hero fireman, he really is, and his beautiful wife, Jackie. And they've got three adorable kids. And uh, their oldest, their daughter, Valentina, was confirmed on Saturday. A big party and dressed in her white dress and looked so pretty. So I do want to congratulate my next-door neighbors, the Feltons, who are great people, great people, on uh, Valentina's big day. And I look forward to seeing all you guys in Bell Harbor very, very soon. Now, the migrants, as far as I know, are not heading to Bell Harbor, but they are heading to my niece's neighborhoods. Two of my nieces, Tamara and Jennifer. Tamara made her son Henry a bar mitzvah in Rockland County just two days ago on Saturday. They're getting some migrants. I got a text early Saturday morning unprovoked from Congressman Mike Lawler who wanted to talk about this. This was before Ed Day made those comments Saturday afternoon on Rob Bastarino's show here on WABC. So here he is, my friend, the congressman out of Rockland County, Mike Lawler. Michael, good morning. How are you, pal? I'm good. How are you, Sid? I'm good. So, um, you know, a lot of the neighborhoods across the country have received migrants. They've made it pretty clear at times. At times, they're not happy about it. But nobody went as far as Ed Day, who actually threatened physical violence on the mayor. What are your thoughts on how the folks reacted Saturday in Rockland County? Well, people are rightfully outraged. You know, when uh, governors from southern states sent migrants up to New York City, uh, Eric Adams called it morally bankrupt behavior. Uh, And now he is doing the same uh, to neighboring counties. Uh, And it's wrong. It's fundamentally wrong. Rockland County is not a sanctuary county. Never has been, never will be. And New York City chose to be a sanctuary city. Uh, and obviously what we have seen at our southern border is a calamity. Uh, Joe Biden and his administration have created an absolute mess at our southern border. You're having tens of thousands of migrants cross illegally every day uh, into our country. Uh, and these southern states and uh, border cities and towns have been inundated. And so, you know, they have, uh, over the course of the last two years, sent migrants up to areas like New York City. New York City chose to be a sanctuary city. New York City chose to say early on, hey, send them up to us. Uh, They did not expect the volume. And obviously the mayor uh, and the city cannot handle that volume. And I've agreed with the mayor on this point. Uh, They've been inundated, and it is difficult uh, to handle. But this is why we need to secure our border. I spoke with the mayor the other day. Uh, I told him in no uncertain terms that um, we do not support what he is trying to do by sending folks uh, to Rockland County, 340 single adult males, uh, none of whom have been vetted as far as we can tell. Um, And it is totally unacceptable. 
but this, is, this problem is not going to be solved unless we secure our border. You cannot continue to have tens of thousands of migrants coming every day. And I know the mayor agrees with that. There's no way that we can continue down this path uh, and not expect for, for the city uh, to continue to get inundated. No, I know, but I agree the mayor knows that, and I've had those conversations with Eric on this show many times. Eric and I, we have a lot of conversations on this show, but until he sheds the sanctuary city, you can't have it both ways. I mean, you can't say, I'm a sanctuary city, and then decide, well, I've had enough. Fundamentally, and that's why if New York City doesn't want to deal with this anymore, then they should rescind their sanctuary city status. Uh, but Rockland County never chose to be a sanctuary city. I find it laughable uh, that that Rockland County, of all places, got chosen uh, for uh, this uh, pilot program, as I was told, uh, which is just totally ridiculous. Well, hold on. Do you, do you believe I had Curtis Sliwa on right before you? And uh, Curtis doesn't live in the land of conspiracy theories. He actually does have inside information sometimes, which is valuable. And he contends that a lot of these hotels are owned by LLCs, and we don't know who these people are. And if you really dove deep, you'd be not surprised to find out that they've given money to people like Kathy Hochul, Eric Adams. So these hotels that end up getting these migrants, that is not just a coincidence. Curtis at least believes that they're making money out of this, or at the very least, they are providing money for some of these politicians. Well, I can't speak to what is actually happening on that front. Obviously, I'm sure it's going to be looked into. But the the reality here is this. Anybody who uh, is, is uh, owning a hotel uh, and taking money from the city uh, of New York, uh, in this instance, allegedly for four months, uh, and housing these individuals, um, you know, they need to understand that, they need to be good neighbors, and nobody in Rockland County right now wants this. Nobody that lives in the town of Orangetown uh, who, you know, have residential homes right near this hotel or we have two universities, uh, a high school, nobody wants this. I have parents reaching out to me uh, continually concerned about the safety of their children in large part because nobody knows who these individuals are. Nobody knows what their backgrounds are. Uh, nobody knows, you know, why they left their, their uh, country of origin. Uh, you know, they're waiting uh, pending asylum. But the problem is, you know, the asylum backlog is two to three years. And so you have people that are coming here. They may, they, they may ultimately not be eligible to be here. Uh, and it's a major problem. And th- this is everybody should be able to look at this situation and recognize that this is totally unsustainable. You cannot continue to have a situation where you have tens of thousands of migrants crossing the border illegally every day. This is why House Republicans are going to be passing legislation this coming week uh, with respect to border security. This cannot continue. We have to secure our border. We have to fix our broken immigration system. As I've said many times, my wife is an immigrant. I've been through this process. It is a fundamentally broken process. But you cannot continue to allow this to, to, yeah. to, to agree. 
Uh, forget about allowing it. Unimpeded. It's about to be exponentially worse when Title 42 is over Thursday. That's just three days away. And maybe all this talk we heard from McCarthy, House Republicans, about impeaching Mayorkas, maybe it's time to do something like that. He's still talking about a secure border. And, of course, it's not even close. So the bigger well, question well, is. My, Mayorkas literally came in and testified uh, before the House Homeland Security Committee about two weeks ago. And lied, said the border is, is secure. Correct. Then this past weekend does a press conference and acknowledges, no, the border is not secure. I mean, th- this is a total joke. This administration has failed in its responsibilities. Uh, it has created an absolute humanitarian crisis at our border, which has been shipped up and dispersed into communities all across the country, including New York City. Uh, they're dealing with nearly 60,000 uh, you know, migrants who have come here and trying to deal with the housing, uh, the shelter, food, uh, health care. And meanwhile, you, you have a, a situation where now they don't have the space, so they want to ship them out to other communities across the state. And Kathy Hochul is up to her eyeballs in this. Uh, you know, I spoke to her administration, and they said, oh, we don't know, we don't know. Meanwhile, they just gave New York City a billion dollars in the state budget to help them deal with this crisis, and now they're using those funds ultimately to ship people to other communities? Wow. This is a total joke. It is, but the bigger question then becomes, this is again my friend Mike Lawler, congressman out of Rockland County, Uh, Ed Day, Teresa Kenny, Mike Lawler, Obviously very upset, deservedly so. Like I said, I've got two nieces, Tamara and Jennifer, that live in New City. I love Rockland County. My sister lived there for many, many years. I think this is a complete BS. But the question is, Day Kenny Lawler, can you stop it? Well, look, the county executive has instituted uh, a state of emergency. uh, And, you know, we'll see what uh, legal power he has within that. Uh, The town, I know, is looking at... Uh, any legal recourse they have with respect to the hotel. Um, you know, and from my vantage point, we're looking at passing legislation to stop this continued inflow uh, of migrants. You cannot continue to have this occur. Uh, and we're going to do the job that Joe Biden is failing to do, which is to secure our border. We have, we have to stop this inflow. It, do- it doesn't work with Title 42 ending You're seeing already tens of thousands of people lined up, ready to come into our country, uh, and and Joe Biden is doing absolutely nothing about it. So on the last 30 seconds, let's go back to the House Republicans. We've heard in the past, again, McCarthy, we're going to impeach Mayorkas. You talked about him lying two weeks ago and being somewhat honest just a couple of days ago. You can't trust him. Will you guys do something on a larger government scale to make sure that somebody pays for this? Look, I I think there's no question uh, heads need to roll here. Uh, This has been an abject failure. Some would argue intentional. uh, But there's no question people need to be held accountable. Uh, Secretary Mayorkas has continually lied to Congress. I know there are many of my colleagues that have been pushing to impeach him from the very start. Uh, We'll we'll see what happens there. But I, I fundamentally believe the first step has to be to secure our border, which is why we are passing this legislation within the next week. In the next two days, will there be migrants in Rockland County? Yes or no? We don't know. They they have not given us a timeline. The only thing we've been told is, quote, unquote, imminent. 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 
Mm-hmm. But you know what? Uh, I, I trust in our county executive and our sheriff, Lou Falco. They've been working together. Uh, we're going to be having a press conference uh, later this morning. Uh, and I know they're going to do everything they can to prevent the mayor uh, and New York City from dumping their problem on our doorstep. I mean, can they actually, like, set up a roadblock so as this bus tries to get towards the hotel? Can can the officials in Rockland County set up some type of roadblock that physically makes it impossible for these folks to do it despite what the mayor wants? I know the hotel has been served, as, has, uh, as will be any bus drivers uh, that come in, uh, with the executive order that has been issued, uh, preventing them from doing so, uh, and I know I know everybody is taking this very serious. And uh, the way that the mayor and the administration went about this, uh, you know, informing, quote unquote, uh, without discussing, uh, without seeing whether or not Rockland County is able to handle this. We don't have the social services capabilities that New York City does, or that even parts of Westchester do. We have no cities here. This is a a relatively purely suburban county, uh, and and the resources are just not there to handle this. And when the four months run out, when New York City's done paying the four months, who's picking up the tab? Hmm. Who's paying for this? Yeah. And there's no answer on that. Mike Lawler, congressman out of Rockland County, good buddy of mine. That's a tremendous job this morning. I know you're going to be on New York One in about 15 minutes with Kiernan. So thank you for doing us first. Great job. We'll talk again very, very soon. Good luck up there. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, buddy. Mike Lawler, we'll take a quick break. When we get back, Rich Lowry. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Mitch Lowry here, the editor of the National Review, a great Monday morning guest for a long time on this show. Busy hour already with Curtis Sliwa and Mike Lawler out of Rockland County. So you're aware, Rich, uh, you're a New York guy. What's going on here with Eric Adams and the Rockland County executive threatening to um, grab Eric Adams by his throat? You don't often hear a lot of politicians threaten another with physical violence, but that's how angry people are. And I got to tell you, I don't blame them. Yeah, well, I guess Eric Adams' attitude is share the wealth. Uh, <laughs> as, as we've talked about a lot, the ultimate source of this problem is the border and the Biden administration's refusal to enforce it. And, and once once you do that, there's going to be a, an open spigot down there, and the people have to go somewhere. You know, and the, maybe they should stay at the border, but border places don't like that. Maybe they should stay in the major cities, but major cities don't like that. No. And maybe they should go to the suburbs, and of course the suburbs are going to revolt. 
over that. So um, migrants are are costly. Um, they they don't know the language. They they might be you know high school dropouts or, or worse in, in Guatemala terms. You know not American terms. So they're a burden. And whatever the the gauzy rhetoric is around this, they're a burden. And every municipality in the country feels it. So the, the thing to do is to stop it. And that's the one thing Biden won't do. And it's going to get worse. It will get worse on Thursday when Title 42 wins. He won't stop it. And I have to tell you, I've been seeing all these polls. Again, we don't pay a lot of attention to polls. We know they don't mean much. But for whatever reason they are, uh, they've got Trump just destroying DeSantis and pretty much winning the primary already. Whether DeSantis jumps in or not, it looks like this lead is insurmountable. But for the longest time, Biden was beating Trump. Not this week. So my question is, are people, Democrats, Republicans, independents, waking up to the border crisis, Title 42 coming to an end? Are they starting to figure out, hey, Joe Biden, he ain't doing nothing? Yeah, and I think an impending recession, perhaps, the the fact that real wages have been declining for two years, all, all the, those are heavy weights on Biden. And this is a, another great piece of news. It's been a great you know, three-month stretch, uh, you know, pretty much since the Kanye dinner or, or so, since he's back, I'd say. It's been a – or maybe since the East, East Palestine uh, – That's when it started. Visit. When he, when he went yeah. to Ohio, that's when he started to get great uh, numbers. Yeah, yeah. Which I guess was, was before yeah. CPAC. But to, and, to and by the way, just, uh, just to point this out, he'll be on with me coming up this Wednesday morning, 8.05. Yes. continues. Yeah. The good streak for, for Trump continues. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this is, the main case against him is, is going to be electability. And if you're leading Biden in national polls pretty handedly, that, that case is, is significantly – Correct. Weakened. So it's, it's a great, uh, terrible poll for Biden, great poll. I actually called out Peter King and Bo Deedle and all my dear friends. are like, we like Trump, but he can't win. Well, says who? Because now the polls have him crushing DeSantis, beating Joe Biden, and he can win. There is no question he can win because as bad as things are now in this country, like you said, recession right down the block, the Title 42 coming to an end, the migrant crisis going to get worse in just about every major city. Crime is not going away. And I don't see any other Republicans uh, that can stand up. And I have to tell you, I also don't see any Democrats that can take out Joe Biden right now. So if the numbers are favoring Trump over Biden, boy, what a great day for Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Biden also, he needs to be winning by about, I think in the averages, he's been winning by 1.4 points or something over Trump. He needs to be winning by about three or four, just given the electoral college skew towards Republicans. And, you know, I think uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily trust this latest poll and think that's where the head to head is going to come out because um, they have a lot of material to work work with the Trump and, and they'll use it. But, I mean, it shows Trump's competitive and people say categorically he can't win or wrong. Totally agree with you. You know, I found it interesting talking about some of these candidates. John Katz does a great show here on Sunday mornings. The uh, roundtable, the Katz roundtable, he also does a nice show during the week. Katz and Cosby. So I brought up RFK Jr. to you a couple of weeks ago, and RFK Jr. is starting to, you know, a little bit of traction here. And then he comes out and says, by the way, the CIA killed my uncle. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the Cubans. It wasn't the mob. It was the CIA. What do you think about uh, RFK saying that so many years later? Well, I, he's a conspiracy theorist. Um, I, I think, you know, there, there is a, a, a huge dose of truth to what he said during the pandemic, but that doesn't change the fact that he's a conspiracy theorist. I think, though, he, he's going to go higher. I mean, he's at 19 or 20, which is just shocking. It's the, the, the Biden, this is the crazy thing, said that the Biden 
uh, Kennedy spread is not that different from the Trump DeSantis spread right now. It's basically yeah. the the same thing. And, and Biden is a incumbent, Trump's not, and Robert Kennedy is a fringe candidate and conspiracy theorist, and DeSantis isn't. So, um, but but being a twenty, it's the Kennedy name plus just the, the inherent Biden weakness. You know, people want something else. They know he's not up for it. And they're going to pull – some of them are going to pull the lever for, for anyone else. So it wouldn't surprise me he goes up to the upper 20s or something. Another horrible shooting in our country in Texas over the weekend at the mall. Eight people dead. Guy just came out of his car, opened fire. Six people, I think, were killed right there in the parking lot. Now they're saying he was a white supremacist, a neo-Nazi, because you know, of course, all these Democrat politicians tell us our biggest issue – is white supremacy, which is nothing could be further from the truth. It's it's laughable. It's ridiculous. So they hear a story like this, and you know they're all excited because they're going to end up telling you that this guy loved Trump or something like that, right? I mean, it's less about eight people dying. Now this becomes a political tool for the liberal media. Yeah, well, these the shootings now are obviously an endemic part of American life, just awful heartbreaking. But you can guess how quickly or not they're going to disappear in the news cycle, given the circumstances. And if this guy really was a neo-Nazi, the shooter, you're going to hear about this one for a long time. And they exaggerate white supremacy and all that. But there is a fringe out there that does pop out, pop up and commit some fraction of these these shootings. But it's just it's it's uh, one of the the main frustrations is if you wave a wand you'd obviously stop these things uh, immediately but yeah. there's no wand and gun control is no wand. Yeah, there's more black people that beat up Jews and Asians in a week in New York City than white supremacists that kill people around the country. Let's be honest. So it's very fringe. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I just get very very frustrated with the whole thing. We've got an issue here in New York, as you know now, with a with a Marine who's on the subway and this kid Jordan Neely. He's uh, freaking out. I mean, legitimately freaking out, yelling, screaming, throwing garbage at people. This Marine didn't know that Jordan Neely's mother was murdered when he was 14 years old. All he knew was no one's going to die on this subway today. And the fact that it's going to a grand jury and Alvin Bragg, who's proven he falls under political pressure, is in charge of this thing, scares me for a guy that did what New Yorkers should be doing every day. Yeah, so this this whole thing is an indictment of the way New York City operates and runs. So Jordan Neely never should have been out of his mind on that subway car. He had been arrested continuously. He had been sent to shelters and hospitals continuously. Everyone knew he was crazy. His grandparents, who gave him a place to stay sometimes, were afraid of him. Uh, his family members were, why can't we get him help? Why is he falling through the cracks? And he just continuously fell through the cracks because no one in New York City and I give Adams you know he's he's trying to he says the right thing is trying to do the right thing now but these if we emptied out the nursing homes and let people with Alzheimer's sleep on grates everyone would say that's crazy but we do it with people who are schizophrenic uh, for whatever reason he's he's engaged in all sorts of menacing behavior behavior punched elderly people and then you get him on the subway car and no one knows knows what's going to happen but they have a really bad feeling and and for once you know it almost never happens someone stands up and says no it's not going to happen. I think that the question is just the, um, the, the these kind of self-defense cases are really fact-specific. Uh, you can start what you're doing can begin as a legal act and then turn into a legal, illegal act depending on you know how, how long you do it. And I think the the problem the Marine's going to have is that the video you see at the end of it, he, he still got him in a, a serious chokehold with no one in the subway car and just like two or three guys standing around helping him. Um, so that's that's going to be the question is, is, is did he 
did he hold him too long? All right. So you sent me a text a couple of minutes ago. I did not have time in between the Mike Lawler, Rich Lowry conversation to watch it. It's uh, a guy, and it reads uh, from YouTube, a Yankee fan salutes Red Sox Nation for its taste in beer. <laughs> what, what is this about? That guy is me, by the way. Oh, is that you? <laughs> oh, my, oh my God, it is you. Videos. It's only 46 seconds long, so you, you can make time for it eventually. No, but it said it's just, did you see the video of Fenway Park with all the Bud Light stands completely empty? Yes. And everyone yes. lining up at some other stand to get beer, which is like cuts against every every instinct as a sports fan, right? You don't want to be standing, you know, underneath the stands while the game's going on when you can go to a shorter line. But Bud Light, this is the problem. You know, it's not a boycott anymore. They're just a national joke, you know, and everyone's in on it. Um, so they, they have an enormous problem, and uh, it's a fantastic thing because it might stop some of these companies, make them think ten, uh, yeah. twice about woke virtue signaling in the future. So anyway, I just saluted Red Sox Nation. It's the one time in my life I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you did it after the Boston bombings probably too, I would imagine, when yeah, David Ortiz was out there, right? Uh, and they actually had one moment for us after 9-11. But is Dylan Mulvaney still doing their commercials? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't, probably won't, won't let him <laughs> drink a Bud Light again in his life. <laughs> I mean, it was like, it was like one can of beer. It was the most expensive can of beer ever created. They, they put that guy's face on it and, and it, you know, it wasn't like he was, you know, out doing, um, paid advertising right. or touring for them. He just did a couple of Instagram <laughs> videos and that was it. We're going to play the Witch Lowry piece coming up at 825, folks, so be ready for that uh, in between our top of the hour at 8 o'clock. And right. famed defense attorney, Arthur Idala at 840. So you're going to keep listening all day, Rich, aren't you? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right, buddy. As right. always, great job on a Monday. You're terrific. Thank you so much. Thanks, My man, Rich Lowry, editor, National Review, Politico, NBC, does it all. And we'll play his little piece on Bud Light coming up at 825. Two hours in the book. That was a very exciting 7 o'clock hour. Curtis Sliwa, Mike Lawler. And which Lowry, Audie Idala is coming up at 8.40. Jennifer Harrison, New York rights advocate, coming up at 9.05. All the stories you need on a Monday morning with me, Sid. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Investigators from the FBI, along with local law enforcement officers, searched the home of the suspect, 33-year-old Mauricio Garcia, who allegedly opened fire at a Texas outdoor mall Saturday afternoon. The community now mourning for the eight victims who were killed and praying for those who are currently being treated at the hospital. The victims range in age from 5 to 61 years old. The civil trial against Donald Trump moves forward. The former president has rejected his last chance to testify, setting up closing arguments to begin. Writer E. Jean Carroll accuses Trump of raping her in an apartment store dressing room in 1996. She says Trump defamed her by denying the claims. 
A grand jury this week expected to decide if a 24-year-old Marine, Daniel Penny, will be criminally charged in the chokehold death of 30-year-old Jordan Neely on board a subway train. Among the considerations, did Neely pose a threat to the safety of other passengers? Yes. And did Penny use excessive force when no. he held Neely in that chokehold reportedly for about 15 minutes? Now, the story sparked protests this weekend and made their way down into the Lexington Avenue 63rd Street station and onto the tracks, forcing trains to stop. A state of emergency is in place in Rockland County, where up to 300 asylum seekers could be arriving to a hotel very soon. Orange Town Supervisor Teresa Kenny got the unexpected call from Mayor Eric Adams Friday that asylum seekers from New York City will instead be heading to the Armoni Inn in her town imminently. Let's see if we can work this out together. Essentially, don't send them up. We're not ready for them. The community is not ready for them. And, um, you know, it's a keep in the city. Happy birthday to Tennille. This is the captain and Tennille. She's either 80 or 83. I don't know. But we celebrated Philip Bailey's birthday earlier, the lead singer of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Captain and Tennille. Captain, he, he out the house. He took a heart attack. Something he had renal failure. I don't know. But uh, ain't no more captain. But Tennille used to love this song. And uh, you heard the open that Justin Hellick put together. We play that every morning at the top of the show. But when I really, really like it, I replay it again in the 8 o'clock hour. And he did a really good job. I mean, every major story from the Rockland County migrant crisis. By the way, I look at the TVs. Mike Lawler is now on New York One, congressman out of Rockland County. He was on with me for 15 minutes already today. It was great. Donald Trump will not come to court. Joseph Takapina's got it. No issue there. Arthur Idala going to be in the courtroom today, I believe, as Takapina sums up the case, and Audie will join me coming up at 840. Trump not coming, and we've got uh, some of that video, the deposition video, where he said, this is a joke. This is a made-up story. It's horrible. In fact, let's play it right here, Lewis. This would be a cut number 20. Donald Trump on this whole ridiculous case, according to him, the allegations from E. Jean Carroll. So before you made your statements that it never happened in 2019, did you or anyone on your staff reach out to anyone at Bergdorf Goodman? I didn't have to reach out to anybody because it didn't happen. Um, and, and by the way, if it did happen, it would have been reported within minutes. Talking about going to a major floor, probably, I assume, the most important floor, uh, a major floor 
in a major department store that's a very busy store, by the way, and check out counters and everything else, and I would be in there. I mean, it's the most ridiculous, it's the most ridiculous, disgusting story. It was just made up. And there you have Trump. Uh, the third story in that open, of course, is the grand jury about to hear the case, the Marine, Daniel Penny, and the homeless, crazed homeless man, Jordan Neely. That brings me to my appearance with Jesse Waters on Fox News on Friday night, where we discussed that, as Curtis Sliwa did this morning with me at 7.05. We'll play two of these cuts. That's the third of the four stories Ella has in the open. This goes back three nights ago to Friday night, courtesy of Jesse Waters Primetime and Fox News. Lewis, this is cut one, Sid. WABC New York radio host and author of Citizens, Sid Rosenberg, joins me now. When you see people chanting on the street like that, justice or we burn it all down, Alvin Bragg is going to see that. Do you think he's going to get intimidated to charging this guy, this Marine? I think he will. That's been his history, right? He didn't really want to charge President Trump in that first case. He ended up doing it because of the pressure he got got there. So that's his history. Look, I understand there are folks who have sympathy for this kid. I do, too. 14 years old, his mother was not, she didn't pass away. She was murdered and placed in a plastic bag. That's a lot to handle. I get it. I get it. But, but, years later, 40 arrests, the Marine on the subway platform didn't have Wikipedia. He didn't know. He couldn't Google this kid like you and I and find out this kid went through what he went through at the age of 14. All he saw was there's a crazy person yelling, screaming, throwing garbage, scaring people, and I'm not going to let somebody die on the subway platform today. Now the question becomes, would somebody like me intervene if I saw that on the train after what's going on with this Marine? This would be cut number three. But on a serious note, on a serious note, this is where this story goes bad. Because if you asked me this three days ago, without hesitation, I would have said, you bet, Jess, I'm going to jump into the middle of that. Now, if they arrest this guy for murder, I'm not doing a thing. It's open season on the subway. Same thing with the cops. If you want to aid another citizen, or if it's a cop, you want to do your job, you become the bad guy. There's something wrong with that. It is. Well, it's a terrible tragedy. Neely passed away. It was a horrible accident. It's just very upsetting to everybody involved, and we hope we... Figure this thing out next week. But isn't it amazing as you played that piece that Mayor Adams is the voice of reason? Governor Hochul, she continues to be evil, the worst governor ever, even worse than Cuomo. Governor Adams, excuse me, Mayor Adams is now the voice of reason this week in New York. You just said that because you like to go out to dinner with him. That's true. Just two nights ago. (laughs) Surely not the voice of reason in this migrant crisis where he continues to be okay with New York being a sanctuary city, but then pitches and complains when we've got migrants coming in by the hundreds and thousands. And I would say to the mayor, which I've said before to him on this very program, you can't have it both ways. Now, uh, this is Chris Christie. He was on this weekend. And, you know, Donald Trump in the latest uh, poll, Axios put this out this morning, is now beating Biden. And he's beating him rather handily. You know, we knew he was crushing Ron DeSantis. And it seems now... Pretty academic, the whole race, even if DeSantis makes it official and jumps in. It doesn't seem like he can beat Trump. But the Trump detractors, dear friends of mine on this show, guys like Bo Deedle and Peter King, they've been yelling and screaming, well, Trump can't win. He's not electable. Well, that's not true because the latest polls has Donald Trump leading Joe Biden for a variety of reasons, right? You've got, you've got the world on fire, Ukraine, Russia. You've got inflation in the United States. You've got this debt ceiling issue, recession right around the corner. 
Obviously, the southern border may be the biggest issue. So the idea that Trump can't beat Biden is just not true. But but that doesn't stop fat Chris Christie from saying that may be the case. He was on ABC this week, as he is every Sunday with George Stephanopoulos. And he talked about Trump being unbeatable in the primary, but not in the big election. Lewis, fat Chris Christie, cut number eight. On the Republican side, until there is a campaign engaged, Trump is untouchable. By definition, as you know, a candidate is untouchable until they're touched. And you see what the reaction is to being touched. And that will happen in this race. There's no question in my mind that he will be attacked directly. So far, very few of those, including the ones who are already in, are, are willing to take him on frontally as you have. Yeah, no, and I think that's a problem. I mean, I think that's a problem in our party. I mean, if you can't, uh, you know, I don't believe in this lane business. We're talking about different lanes. There's one lane. And the one lane Donald Trump's at the head of. So if you want to be the nominee, you got to go through Donald Trump. I don't think there's another way to do it. So when we talk about Joe Biden, Chris Christie doesn't talk about all the failures, which I just mentioned, all of them. I mentioned three. There's about 100. He talks about his age. Another issue, no question. Cognitive problems, no question. But fail in comparison, pale, I should say, pale in comparison to the actual issues and policies where Joe Biden is letting our country go right down the tubes has nothing to do with age. But here is Chris Christie, number nine. President Biden's got problems, and his problems are twofold. It's based on the conditions people feel in the country right now, where they feel economically threatened, and it's based on his age. And I've been talking about this for a while. I mean, I think the American people look at him, and they just think he's too damn old. And that's what the polls shows. He's too damn old. That's the issue. Not the fact that everything is falling apart. It's all falling apart. He's too damn old. Face the Nation had Mayorkas on yesterday, Homeland Security Secretary. This guy should not just be impeached. He should be put in prison. Forget about Hillary Clinton. Forget about Hunter Biden. They should go to jail, too. Don't get me wrong. But Mayorkas should be in prison today. Two weeks ago, he said the border is secure. This weekend, he said, well, maybe not. They've done nothing to prepare for the end of Title 42. Yet he contends they have been preparing for it. What a liar. This guy may be the biggest liar of all of them. Worse than Biden, Schiff, Pelosi, Harris, right there at the very top. This, Lewis, is Mayorkas, cut number 12. Let's get to the border. This is the greatest migration surge, you said, in the Western Hemisphere since World War II. And you've been preparing for more than a year and a half. How rough will the next few weeks be? You know, Margaret, we've been preparing uh, for this liar for more than a year and a half you liar are correct liar and it is indeed a regional challenge and it requires a regional response which is why we are working so closely with many countries to the south it's going to take our plan a while to really take hold for people to understand that they can access lawful safe orderly pathways before they reach the border and quite frankly if they come to the border they will receive a consequence under our enforcement authorities you better shut up so his boss of course is joe biden so biden finally did an interview it's like the first one in like 100 days where did he do it msnbc when did he do it 10 p.m on friday night now you tell me come on guys who's watching msnbc 
to begin with, even if it's Joe and Mika, and who's watching MSNBC at 10 o'clock on a Friday night. So odds are you miss this because the world missed this. But here Biden is talking about how he's the most experienced president. He may be. He's also the dumbest and the most dangerous. This is Joe Biden, cut number 18. Why would an 82-year-old Joe Biden be the right person for the most important job in the world? Because I've acquired a hell of a lot of wisdom. (laughs) I know more than the vast majority of people. I'm more experienced than anybody's ever run for the office. And I think I've proven myself to be honorable as well as also effective. Yeah, you're a criminal. That's what you've proven yourself to be. Your whole family is one big criminal enterprise. And not that it matters, but of course, Saturday was King Charles III coronation. It was a big deal. A lot of people went, you know, made a big deal about it. You know who wasn't there? Biden. Cut number 19. You did not go to England this weekend for the coronation. No, I didn't. But I did speak to the king. He's a good oh, acquaintance, and yeah, we worked you. together on environmental issues. What Thank you, you dick. Well, I told him that I couldn't be here because I had this yeah. going on. Because I made duty in my pants. You know, who knows what's going to happen in the next... Oh, you were thing. interviewing with me? That's I mean, why you, I, I couldn't I told go to the... <laughs> 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 yeah. But, uh, yeah. and we're going to be going to a NATO conference right. in Europe. Uh, and I told him I'd stop either on the way there or on the way back to discuss what he really is passionate about, the environment. Yeah. The king thinks you're a dick. <laughs> Put that on ABC World News tonight. Sid Rosenberg. The king thinks you're a dick. I'm busy here, Jack. I'm yeah. busy here. I got duty in my pants. Uh, the queen loved Donald Trump, and the king can't stand Joe Biden. All right, we got to wrap this segment up. Still so much more to do today. Been a phenomenal show already. Curtis Sliwa, Mike Lawler, and... Almost called him Rob Lowe. Rich Lowry, all terrific. Still to come, famed defense attorney Arthur Idala. Victims' rights, New York. Jennifer Harrison. And some nuggets with Nomi Layton. All that and more. Keep it right here. Sid on a Monday. Hey, now. in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? 77 WABC. Guys, this is so funny and bizarre. Look at that. That is the Bud Light. That is every single Bud Light stand here at Look at that. Given the choice between going to a beer stand with no line and buying Bud Light or standing around in line while the game they paid to see is rushing by thanks to the pitch clock, and buying some other beer, any other beer besides Bud Light. Folks at Fenway Park did the right thing. That's why this Yankee fan sincerely and respectfully salutes Red Sox Nation. It's the time of the season When love runs high In this time Give it to me let me try with pleasured hands to take you in the sun to promised lands to show you everyone is the time of the season for love.
That's great. Rich Lowry was on with us about a half hour ago, 745 every Monday. But life, boy, they really dug themselves a hole here with this whole Dylan Mulvaney nonsense. Complete nonsense. Vida Blue died this weekend. That made me sad. My first baseball memory ever. Six years old, Joe's Barbershop, Avenue U, my late father, Harvey, Mets and A's World Series, Wayne Garrett at the plate, Vita Blue on the mound. Vita Blue died at the age of 73, and the A's won the World Series in 73. He also, in 71, won the Cy Young and MVP and nearly won all three, the Rookie of the Year, too, which Don Newcomb did with the Dodgers in the mid-50s. Vida Blue is one of 11 Major League pitchers, I should say, in history to win the Cy Young and the MVP in the same season. Elelm. Lewis. Oh, here it is. Now I'm getting it. How many can you name, you think? If you had a guess. A pitcher who's won the Cy Young Young and and MVP MVP. in the same year. He did it in 71. Uh, Brother Reggie Jackson saw Vida Blue on April 16th, a couple of weeks ago, at the 50-year anniversary for the 73 team, and he left Reggie crying because he couldn't believe how bad Vida looked, and Vida died three weeks later yesterday. So. They had a great team. Oh, it was a ridiculous oh team. God, great team. Catfish Hunter and Holtzman and, and uh, Joe Rudy, Sal Bando, Reggie Jackson, Jim Camp- Tennis, Bert Campaneris. Yep. Crazy team. Billy North. Now they're the most embarrassing organization maybe in all the sports. Yeah, they're moving, too, joining yeah. the Raiders, who left Oakland to go to Vegas. So now the Raiders and A's will both be in Vegas. How many 11 could you name? Quick. Carlton. Incorrect. Steve Carlton? No. Verla- no. Verlander did it. Verlander did do it. Very good with the Tigers yeah. a couple uh, years ago. Oh, uh, I know. Uh, it's, uh, it's Koufax. Koufax did it in 1963. Very good. That's two. Um, Scherzer hasn't done it, right? Scherzer never did that. No. Right. Uh, but about um, that's right. Oral Hershiser. No, no, but Clayton Kershaw did it. Okay, in Clayton 2014. Kershaw. Quickly, the rest. Dennis Eckersley had that well, crazy Nolan season. Ryan definitely did it. Nolan never did it. Really? Oh. Wow. Uh, Raleigh Fingers, Don Newcomb, Roger Clemens, 86 Ugh. Red Sox. Of course. Mm-hmm. Jenny McLean and 68 guys went 31 and six for yeah, the Tigers. That'll do it. Yeah. 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 Willie Hernandez, Tiger closer, did it too. So those are your 11. Gnome, what you got on a Monday morning, brother? Sydney, it is that time of year when high school seniors ruin their entire lives by trying to pull off the ultimate senior prank that they'll be remembered for for the rest of their lives. Did you try to do this when you were in high school? I don't remember. Um, I don't think I did. Don't forget, I was in yeshiva. Oh, you were? Yeah, so yeah, like if you, if you stole somebody's sitsis or something, you know, <laughs> if, you, you know, if you hit their Talmud. <laughs> we did that, Noam, no. We did that in high school. You hid your Talmud? No, no, oh. no. We didn't, we didn't hide the Talmud. We did a prank. Oh, all right. Yeah. What'd you do? I actually, I'm trying to rack my brain. I can't remember. Don't what even it was. say it because it's probably illegal today. Or no, something. I think we released like a bunch of pigs into the uh, into the school. Or How'd something. you get pigs? I don't know. And uh, it was I didn't organize it. And then yeah. and then I think that we numbered the pigs one, two, and four. Yeah. <laughs> so they I spent all day looking for number three, but there wasn't <laughs> number three. Well, that's, that's pretty funny. good. Very good. Yeah, well, that's almost better than some of these. So uh, a Texas high school student uh, may not be able to walk in his graduation. Uh, last week, he put one of these stink bombs in the school, but it was so, I guess they're not, they're much more intense than when I was a kid. I remember having stink bombs, and yeah. they lasted like five I gotta seconds. I got to tell you, last night, I, I had Mexican food at Elvis restaurant. Oh, yeah, just, just talking about stink bombs. And about two hours before that, I worked out and had 
about a protein shake. <laughs> and the protein shake hit the burrito last night. You want to talk about stink bombs? I, I'm, I think I, I spent an hour apologizing to my whole family. <laughs> it was horrible. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. That's all right. So this one, it was so intense that the smell did not go away for three solid days. They actually had to close school down. New Tonight, Conroe ISD reveals the source of the strong odor at Caney Creek High School. We're told a student used a highly concentrated stink spray. As a prank, Conroe ISD police say one student has confessed as they continue to talk to others. Candy Creek High was closed today after the odor caused early dismissal for three days straight. Yeah, they didn't know what it was, and finally this gets messed hero. up. He's yeah, a he hero. really is, yeah. Uh, yeah. Then while we're uh, let's go to uh, Splendora, Texas, where seniors Texas are punished. again? Yeah. Doesn't Texas have bigger issues than stink bombs in class, wouldn't you say? Uh, you would think. Like 16 people were gunned down this yeah. weekend at different events and some guy ran over like eight other people but god continue yeah. with stink bombs a splendora texas high where seniors punished for an after hours prank that got out of hand they had initially this is what usually happens they went into school to pull off like a tame sort of prank that they wouldn't get in trouble for but then they realized once they were inside the school and nobody else was around they could do a whole lot more so here this woman explains what they did they had a spray bottle of pee and they're spraying it on all the doorknobs. They broke into the counselor's office, and they broke into our principal's office, and they were trying to steal our graduation medals. And then they got a fire extinguisher out, and they set off the alarms. It didn't end there. They, then they poured vegetable oil on all the staircases <laughs> in the floor. On. No, they didn't. Yeah. That is genius. Uh, they're not allowed to walk at graduation. You oh. would not be surprised at that. Uh, I like the, this guy's... Did it all on his own. His own little senior prank. Hunter Osborne, Arizona High School, charged with 70 counts of indecent exposure. Oh one count of distributing harmful items to minors. What could possibly rack up so many charges? Well, Osborne's senior prank, he decided he would expose himself in his high school football team's yearbook photo. And the picture actually made it into the yearbook and was handed out to 3,000 students. So uh, they were going to go ahead and charge him 70 counts of indecent exposure. But the last second, they decided to drop those charges. Here he is apologizing. I'm going to ask you to please politely leave me alone. Please. Now that the pro they're not going to prosecute you, though, I mean, you have to be happy about it. We're so happy about the support. I'm so thankful. Uh, God, God is on my side, and, and uh, I'm very blessed for everything that's happened. Thank you for everyone that has supported me. God bless you. Yeah. I, I could keep going. There's more. A senior prank going to cost 11 students uh, $12,000. This is Dickinson County High, Tennessee. They wrote on the walls, and this is the gross part, they then covered parts of the school in sardine juice, then <laughs> threw chairs and clothes into the swimming pool. We don't believe that was the intention <laughs> upon them entering the building, but sometimes uh, people make poor choices uh, when put in the wrong circumstances, and we believe that's what this was. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> they will be able to walk in their graduation, but they had to complete 15 hours of community service on campus before they could walk out. How do you get that much sardine juice? I, I don't even know where you would buy it. Can you buy sardine juice? I, I don't know. Bottle? I don't know. These kids are great. They are. These are very, this is, okay, this is the one, I'll leave this one for the last one. All right. so intense. Two Connecticut teenagers uh, arrested, they are not going to get out of this, after they severed a calf's head yep. and then hung it in the school mm. basketball hoop. Mm-hmm. Then they didn't stop there. They took the rest of the dismembered baby cow hmm. and they scattered its parts on the campus of Woodstock Academy. Jeez. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is how serial killers start. You know that. It didn't end there. The cow's head was found in a basketball hoop. Its legs were discovered in the ceiling tiles of the boy's bathroom. <laughs> now, these two kids are sick. Yeah. These, they got to go away. The well, other I, ones, you know, sardine juice and showing your pee-pee, fine. But this is, uh, this is like I said, the beginnings of a serial killer. Their only out, uh, Sydney, was that um, they believed the cow had actually died in a car collision two days earlier. Oh. But then these sickos actually picked up the parts off the street and then strewn them all across their house. Yeah, but there is a bigger, there's a big difference here between them actually killing the cow right. and cutting it up. And then, I mean, trust me, you couldn't get me to go into a near a dead raccoon, anything, right. let alone pick up a dead cow. But right. if they didn't kill the cow... Is that really, really sick or just a little sick? Well, no, calf's head in the hung in the basketball hoop, that's pretty <laughs> sick. You should be on Law and Order. Yeah, really I don't know. Great, great way to put it. I don't know. Hey, there's a difference. Yeah. You know, there's a difference. Yeah. They didn't kill it. They found it. Yeah. <laughs> well, look how cool this is. Sid Rosenberg, SBU. I'm going to ask Gordy Idala about that, in fact, oh, yeah. coming up next. Okay. There you go. Famed defense attorney. He'll be in the courtroom today with Joseph Tacopina summing up this Donald Trump alleged defamation rape trial. We talked to the great defense attorney, Arthur Idala, next. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Deathmatch, Ed Day, Rockland County Executive and the Mayor. We had Congressman Mike Lawler on first. He's been on everywhere since. We had him first, 725 this morning for about 15 minutes, and he talked about it. Him and Day and who's the other lady, Teresa Kenny. She's the Orangetown supervisor. We're going to do whatever they can to make sure these migrants don't head to Rockland County. That is a huge story today, as well as the Texas shooting. Big story, obviously. And uh, the trial against uh, President Trump, who will join me on Wednesday morning, folks, now just two days away from the big one. Somebody said to me, you know, Trump's been on other shows that will make a big deal about it. And I'm like, okay, great. Well, those shows get a 2-5. Maybe they should do it the way I do it. I am making a big deal about it. And when I get a 9 or a 10 on Wednesday morning, uh, I know what I'm talking about. Don't act as if it's no big deal. That's not what this job is about. This job is about theater. This job is about making things bigger than they really are. So I'm going to talk about Trump, 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 and I'm going to get a 13 on Wednesday. Don't tell me other shows do it. They don't, they, don't, they don't make a big deal about it. They get twos, threes. I get eights. My next guest, famed defense attorney, talking about Takapina in court today and Donald Trump in that trial, and I think he's going to be in court today for that, is the great Arthur Idala. Good morning, Artie. How are you, pal? 
What's up, Sydney? I am here. I'm right here, and there's a bunch. I'm here just for you, Sid. I am reporting live from the team. <laughs> now, just to set the scene, all kidding aside, to the right is the courthouse where the grand jury will be assembled, looking at this whole strangulation of the subway case. And on the left, uh, there's two protesters. There's two women. I would say they're in their 60s. Uh, they're holding up signs. One says, don't let Trump get away with rape. The other one says, Tacopina, what is it that you don't understand about rape? Another one is wearing a shirt that says, uh, Trump is guilty. Another one says, we believe Gene Carroll. Uh, but that's, that's the extent of the protesters. There's two women holding up a bunch of signs. Trump's deceit is beyond a reasonable doubt. Don't let Trump get away with it. That's what they're, hmm. that's what they're walking here right in front of the courtroom. Uh, these are, there's a lot, there's a lot more media here than these two particular people, women protesting. Um, and it's going to be interesting. I spoke to Joe yesterday. I think his summation is going to be about two hours. Um, I'm, I'm actually here. One of the reasons I'm here is so that I could give you a, uh, a real live update as to what's going on down at the courthouse. Which is awesome. Trump is violent. That's another one. She's there. They're holding it. Now they know I'm on the phone with you. So now they should no, no, be all of them. Tell them Sid Rosenberg says hello, ladies. Um, so, so, <laughs> so you said Tacopina summation will be about two hours, and, and you and Tucker are on the same level, really the two most recognizable defense attorneys in the country and both amazing at your jobs. Just for folks that don't practice law, is two hours about right? Is it longer than usual? Today's summation is what compared to others? Well, I will tell you, Sid, and then you, you know this as well because we're the same age. I think now jurors' attention spans are so diminished. Think about it. When was the last time you were without your cell phone or some sort of mental stimulation for like more than 15 minutes? Yeah. It's so rare. Yeah. And so now these jurors now have nothing, right? I, I, I'm not even allowed. I was just told by the marshals, even though I have the pass and I'm allowed to bring my phone into the courtroom, this judge is not allowing anyone to bring any electronics into the courtroom. So, um, you know, I sometimes feel it's too long, but – Joe's a theatrical guy, and, you know, you just have to figure out a way to hold people's attention. I mean, even look when you do the show, Sydney. You know, you have guests on. You have music on. You know, you're entertaining, keeping people's attention in so many different ways. That's why you're so great at it. Um, you know, it's harder to do that in a courtroom. You're right. But I know Joe. Joe's going to do his thing. And the plaintiff's lawyer is supposed to be really good. So I'm here not only as an observer, but also as a student. I'm, you know, you, I heard you say on the show yesterday, or not last week, when you were talking to O'Reilly about uh, Howard Stern, how you know, you're always learning from Howard Stern. True. Well, you know, I'm always trying to learn. I'm learning from Tacopino. I'll learn from this plaintiff's lawyer. Sure. I'll learn what to do. I'll learn what not to do. And I, I'm looking forward to it. I would, I would ask you about the, uh, the critics of Joe Tacopino, author, and, and I've heard uh, a lot of them, including even Brian Kilmeade at Fox News. You know, look. Uh, the idea here is is to make this lady a liar, right? You cannot be sympathetic. If you're a little sympathetic because maybe a rape did happen, then all of a sudden your case becomes less believable. What Takapina has to do is destroy this lady, make her a liar, because the truth is, unlike other rape cases, where we do tend to be very, very sympathetic to the women, this is nonsense. 30 years, never reported it, never mentioned the word rape until she wrote a book. So Takapina has to destroy this lady. That's not Takapina being nasty. That's Takapina trying to win a case, no? A hundred percent. And, you know, um, Joe, Joe, I... I 
I'm going to just do, give you two cases. The Lilo Broncado case, which was a case where a police officer was killed up in the Bronx. He was the guy that the played. He's the guy that played Little C for folks that don't know in the movie right. A Bronx Tale. Not Little C, Big Big C. He played Colojo. He played yeah. the real. Well, he was Little C, but a little right, one too. Right, right. Yes. Um, and also the rape cop cases. These two cops who were accused of picking up a woman and bringing her home and having sex with her. If you read the press coverage at this point, like we are in the Trump case. It sounded like Takapina didn't know how to tie his shoes, let alone tie a, let alone try a case. And yet he got both of those guys uh, incredibly positive verdicts. So, I mean, the, the media here is so against him. It's ridiculous against Takapina. It's, it's so obvious, even though they're nice to him and they like him, but they don't like what he's doing. But you don't know what these jurors are going to do. You don't know what they're thinking. You don't know how the, this woman, E. Jean Carroll, played off to him. The one that I'm a little more concerned about, Sydney, in terms of a, from a defense perspective, is she did call two of her friends thereafter. And I don't really know how those witnesses testified. Well, I can tell you, I, I, I heard one of them, and, and the, the question was asked, when, he, when she called you, did she say she was raped? And that word was never used. Now, I'm sorry, but I got to think, nine times out of ten, you call, you go, oh, my God, he just raped me. She never said that, never said it. Isn't that weird? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you would think, but who knows how accurate any of these statements are almost 30 years right, later. I mean, right. think about what you were doing in your life 30 years ago. So, oh. Seriously, 30 <laughs> years ago, what are you doing? You were 26? What yeah. were you doing at 20? No, uh, sorry. You were, yeah, you were 26. I was 26. Literally, I was. I had just got married. I'll be married 31 years this June. So I had just got married to Danielle, and I was trying to figure this whole thing called life out, to be honest. Yeah, right. So think about now if you had to testify about something that happened 30 years ago, right? I mean, how accurate could you be? And that's got to be Joe's main thing to uh, to the jury. So we shall see. I mean, look, it's going to be it's, – it's high stakes. They have me getting here so early because the courtroom is going to be packed, but they got a seat for me right in front. And uh, as I said, I'm looking at the other building where the grand jury is going to be uh, impaneled uh, this week to talk about this strangulation case. Where, you know, if my guy, if I'm representing the defendant, and I know the lawyers who are, and they're great lawyers, Tom and Steve, um, if my guy could pass the muster of someone cross-examining them in their office, I would think very long and hard about putting him into the grand jury, which is a difficult decision to make because as a lawyer, you're not allowed to speak in there. But just to have him say, look, I was trying to help. I was trying to be a good Samaritan. I didn't want to kill anybody. But this guy was so out of control, it actually took three of us to calm him down and then as a defense attorney you try to introduce the fact even though it's kind of kind of improper that this guy this deceased punched one person in the face randomly on the subway punched another well, person not, in the not face. just one person it was it was a 67 year old defenseless woman right. yeah yeah right so, now it's hard that's technically in the grand jury not supposed to come in but you know what Sid? You figure out, figure out a way. Oh, please! I, I remember during the Jason. No, I remember during the Jason Williams trial, Dwayne Shinsis, who played for the Nets and the Gators, was like, "And I saw him. Uh, you know, he went to shoot the dog or something." And and the judge right. is like, "Strike that from the jury." It's like it's already out there. They Correct. heard it, right? Right? Correct. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Listen, we do that. We you know that that's not necessarily a unique thing. So. 
you know, they, they look, you want to hear you people talk about Florida. You want to talk about people talk about I'm going to North Carolina. I'm standing on the corner of Baxter and Worth, and all eyes really around the whole country and mm. places of the world are, sta- are looking right here, right where we are in between these two courthouses. That's why I love this city. You know, you I love ch- to be in the thick, no, man. Of course. I love to be in the action. No, this is it. Not, this, hey, Artie, that's why I came back. I had a beautiful house in Boca. I was making a six-figure salary, not a millionaire, but we lived very nicely. My kids went to private schools. Danielle drove fancy cars. She had her own law practice in Florida. I was far from, you know, living on Dixie Highway with a dollar bill, but I had to come back. I missed the action. I wanted to be that guy, which you are right now this morning, right in the middle of all this action. But, you know, you've represented some huge people, too, most recently Harvey Weinstein, but President Trump, is there is there just a – uh, an extra bit, or maybe even more than a bit, a lot extra uh, on the line today for Takapina in terms of nervousness, knowing this is a summation yes. from a, from, for a former yes. president? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And and he has a client who, if Joe doesn't get the verdict the client wants, is not going to hug him and kiss him and say, Joe, I know you tried your best and put his hand out and say, you're hey, a good he, man. He's going to blame Takapina, right? No doubt. Of course, 100%. It's like, as, as, you, as you and I are bold, he's going to blame Takapina. There's not a doubt about it. <laughs> Seriously, but I, I got to do this. I got to cut you off. They want me to go into the courtroom. So, okay. I, if you want, I'll call in tomorrow. I'll yes, call you tonight I'll let you know what's going on. Yeah, call in tomorrow and give us a recap of what you saw today. Okay. All right, brother. Have thank a you. Week. All right, Artie. Thank work. you. Oh, thank you. Love you. There he is, the great defense attorney Arthur Idala, giving us firsthand witness coverage. He is standing outside both courtrooms where Joe Takapina is about to enter and sum up the Donald Trump case. And also on the same block where the grand jury will hear the Penny Neely case at some point this week. That was really cool, actually, Norm, right? I mean, you get Artie Idala out there and both of those things going on at once. Protesters, although not many, according to Artie, for both. Artie Idala on the streets of New York. We'll be right back. WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. and Al Sharpton talking about the rise of mass shootings in Texas since Governor Abbott has taken over. 
in 2015. It's been 100, according to MSNBC. I don't know. Not a rough weekend. Eight dead in that mall shooting, and that guy plowed his car into eight people, killed them, too, in Brownsville, Texas. So they're still talking about this guy who killed a bunch of people in Cleveland, Texas, seizing on the fact that Abbott said, I've got a $50,000 reward for info on the criminal who killed five illegal immigrants. That's what they're uh, concentrating on. Well, these are just the worst people God ever created. I I don't understand it. Mika, what a douche. And Sharpton, criminal, racist, race-baiting, scumbag criminal. I don't care if Takapina loves him or Hannity loves him. I don't care if Katz loves him. He's a scumbag. I don't care what anybody else loves anymore. How I don't care. Anybody love him? How I don't know. I, I don't know. There's, let me tell you something, buddy. There's a lot of very rich and conservative people that call him friends. Maybe not publicly, but they do. Me, I'd punch him across the face as soon as I met him. But that's me, and then and I'd probably kill him like this poor Marine, and then I'd be uh, standing next to Arthur Idala going to you know, court in front of a grand jury. Mr. Rosenberg, please rise. Right, because I didn't kill a crazy homeless person, but I took out somebody who's a race baiter and even more dangerous in our country. Congratulations to Phil Griffin and all these people who hire people like Al Sharpton and put him on TV, or that other racist Errol Lewis who I've seen twice already today on CNN. New York 1 is not enough. They put Errol Lewis on CNN, too. Is Phil Griffin still there? No, he's long gone. They got some other idiot there. What a bad guy. Egon. He was a horrible person. What a bad guy. Horrible person. He was there when we were there, Imus. That's right. Wow. Real low life. Yeah, he sold Imus right down. Oh, yes, he did. They all did. They all did. (laughs) Every one of them. So the the grand jury is going to be this week. You heard Arthur Idala, who just made his way literally into the courtroom to watch Joe Tacopina sum up this... Tra- uh, rape defamation allegation lawsuit. Takapina going to get started shortly. Idala's in the courtroom, but he called me standing outside in between the courtroom where Takapina is this morning and where the grand jury will meet this week to discuss this situation between crazy homeless Jordan Neely and the Marine who um, he says accidentally killed this kid. And as I said on Jesse Waters' show on Friday, this one is not as cut and dry as a lot of them. It's not. But no matter what anybody tells me, the Marine should not be charged with murder. Bottom line, that's it. I don't care what else you come up with, what else you do. Like I said on Jesse's show on Friday, if you've got some uh, sympathy for Jordan Neely, fine. Right? What 14-year-old kid is okay after the mother is murdered and placed in a plastic bag? Let's be honest. It's a lot. So if you've got some sympathy for Jordan Neely, that's fine. But years and years later, 40 arrests, freaking out people on a subway who didn't know Jordan Neely's childhood history, Marine did the right thing because no one was going to die that day. No innocent person. And don't tell me because you don't have a weapon, no one was going to die. People get shoved in front of trains. There's all kinds of crazy stuff. And people were scared. And the Marine did the right thing. Now it's up to the lawmakers to find out what to do with it somebody dies usually somebody has to pay a price but murder get out of here jennifer harrison knows about murder though unfortunately her boyfriend was murdered many years ago very tragic fashion you know her she's on this show quite a bit and was all over the place a couple of weeks ago when jim jordan had that big i guess uh conference here in new york a couple of weeks ago she is uh, Victims New York, Victim Rights New York, I should say. 
my friend Jennifer Harrison. Jennifer, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm I'm good. But I mean, my heart is heavy because of, like you said, everything that happened this weekend is it's just sad. What's what's happening to our country is just um, unfathomable. So it's it's really not easy to sit back and watch. No, especially for you again, because you have dealt with loss and murder. Uh, in your own personal life, and I've seen you speak at events. You're, you're great, by the way. You're terrific, and you're great on this show, and you were great on Fox News and great with Jim Jordan. I've seen you break down and cry over stuff like this. But I know that you were also a little tormented about this specific story with the Marine and Neely because I know in your heart of hearts you wish there was somebody there that day to stop that guy from killing your boyfriend, but but I think you look at Neely as somewhat of a sympathetic figure. Tell me what you think. Yeah, well, you know, listen, like you said, this is very layered um, and very complicated. And I think the only way that we're ever going to solve any of the issues that are at play here is if we all just put the pitchforks down for a second, stop just concentrating on attacking the other side. And, you know, Daniel Penny's a hero. Jordan Neely is a scumbag. That's not going to solve anything. You know, you're right. Jordan Neely's mother was murdered when he was 14 years old in a brutal, brutal fashion. He probably walked by the room where her body was in before going to school and then never saw his mother again. And I don't think that anybody would ever be the same after that. So I, I wish that I could just take 14-year-old Jordan Neely and give him a hug and, you know, and make everything right with his world. But it's too late for that, right? So now 44 arrests later, Still, nobody has helped this guy. He's schizophrenic. He has all kinds of mental health issues. He should never have been on the street. The fact of the matter is that nobody, nobody, Sid, that was on that subway that day should have been put in that position that they were put in. And the government and the system and the people that are in charge, Mayor Adams, Kathy Hochul, the MTA, they're all Failing us. You know, it's funny. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to stop, stop you for one second. So you left out the most important name. It's not even Mayor Adams. He hasn't been at this long enough, I don't think. Kathy Hochul, yes. But the name that you left out that I thought about a hundred times this weekend is not the current mayor. It's the former mayor. Somebody needs to tell me, after running the city for eight years, Bill de Blasio, and his wife, $1.5 billion dollars, on a Thrive program that was supposed to keep people like Jordan Neely off the streets. Forget about Adams. $1.5 billion, de Blasio's wife, that was supposed to keep people like Neely off the streets. Where are they, and where's that money? Well, where are the investigations? And that's where that's where Eric Adams and all the people that are in charge come into play now, because they just let this... They let them skate off into the sunset, you know, with taxpayer money, and and now and now we're going to blame a you know a young kid that's just starting out in life for tr- thinking that he was protecting people and trying to do the right thing instead of look at what really happened and go after these people that were that pilfered funds, all of the nonprofits and the so-called service providers that are paying themselves five hundred thousand dollars a year as we speak. And the, the guy from the Bowery Mission, you know, now he has this blood on his hands and he has the blood of Christina Lee on his hands because her killer was under supervised release living in the Bowery Mission. So what are we doing to stop this? When, where is the accountability for any of these people? No, you're right. But my question then becomes the Marines specifically. You know, they're going to talk about, I guess, uh, did he have him in a chokehold? I call it a headlock. I'm from Brooklyn. Did he have him in a headlock for too long? Did it need to be 15 minutes? There were two other people there. And that's going to determine 
well, I guess the charges against this guy. But what we know as of right now, uh, I would hope at least that uh, not maybe not um, applauding because somebody did die, but you would agree that what this Marine did, if more New Yorkers did that on a daily basis, less people would die. I don't really want to pass judgment on anybody in this case. I want to sit back, and I want the investigators that are in charge to do their jobs. But you trust them? But you, you trust Alvin Bragg, the DA? It's not. Well, listen, here, here's this, Alvin Bragg isn't prosecuting cases anyway. So, do you know, for every for, – I've been arguing with people on Twitter all weekend because all of the people that – voted for Alvin Bragg and don't want him to do his job and prosecute violent criminals now all of a sudden want him to hang this guy. And it's not right, you know. And even today we have we have lawmakers in Albany calling to pass elder parole and fair and timely parole, and they want to pass clean slate and all these pro-criminal policies. But so why – what's what's the difference with this kid? He, he actually tried to help people. So I, we really need to take a, a deep look, look in the mirror and and the things that we're fighting for and the way that we want society to be and and you know what stop being hypocrites and if you want if you, if you want justice one way for one person then it has to be the same way for the other person. Did you think that I handled it well with Jesse on Friday? I was thinking about you. I know you. <laughs> I, I did. I was so I was so proud of you because it's true. You know, and, and we can we we're allowed to be human you know what they're trying to do Sid is intentionally dehumanize society so that you and I don't look at each other as other human beings we look at each other as a threat and that's what COVID did kind of you know there were no there was no sense of humanity anymore everybody was behind a mask and you were a threat are you gonna get are you gonna get me sick and and infect my entire family and I'm gonna die Right. So now we we have to start looking at each other as humans again. And and it can be true that Jordan Neely lost his mother and went through a horrible experience and that that would break anybody. But it can also be true that he didn't belong on the streets. And was it more humane to put him away and give him the treatment that he needed? Or was it more humane to let him die the way that he did or or push somebody else onto the subway tracks and, and, and lose another innocent casualty? So, I mean, this is definitely a human issue, and we need to look at it with compassion and, and, and reality and pragmatism and figure out what are we going to do to stop this from happening because Jordan Neely wasn't the first person to die in the subway. You know, we had Michelle Goh. We had Tommy Bailey. It's insane. None of this should be happening. Yeah. We've had uh, 27 people die in the subway since 2020, 27. Uh, so you're only a couple of weeks removed, Jennifer, from – Really an amazing day again. Jim Jordan from Ohio came here, and you were there, and uh, I met some of the other folks. Uh, Jose Alba was there. What was your friend's name again whose son was killed? Madeline Brame. She was terrific, too, and had a chance to see you, uh, ironically, later on that night at the big Republican convention, the Metropolitan Republican Dinner, where me and Rudy Giuliani both uh, won awards that night, and you spoke that night, and you were great. A couple of weeks removed from that day with Jim Jordan, do you feel like you guys accomplished something that day? Or do you feel like, even though it felt great to do it, that once again your message, for the most part, fell on deaf ears? Well, I mean, you talk about how evil and what scumbags these people are, and, you know, nobody could tell you better than me and Madeline and Jose Alba now having um, been face-to-face with it. I, I walked in there knowing that, you know, we were going to get some flack and whatnot and that the Democrats are scumbags and they weren't going to listen, but never, I, I can't tell you 
I, I was completely unprepared for how vile and disgusting and intent on pushing their agenda they are. Um, as like, talk about being human beings, we were sitting there talking about, you know, the horrors that we've been through, that 18 years after burying the love of my life, I'm still not whole. And speaking on behalf of victims of very violent crimes that have cases in Alvin Bragg's office and, and are upset and scared and distraught because of the way that they've been handled and their cases have been handled and what Madeline has been through. Jose Alba, you want to talk about like lynchings and whatnot and, and getting justice with for Jordan Neely, Jose Alba's assailant, the woman that stabbed him, still hasn't been charged. So, you know, we're sitting there talking about very human experiences and trying to make change to to help victims. And all of these all of these people wanted to talk about was Donald Trump and their gun legislation. Which we were there, by the way, to talk about Alvin Bragg not enforcing the weapons laws that they wanted on the books. So you want to talk about hypocrisy. I mean, it, it was horrible. They fell asleep. They were on their phones. Mm. Dan Goldman was completely disrespectful. Jerry Nadler was disrespectful. I, it, it was horrible. Um, so I do feel that it gave us a platform to be able to follow up with people. Um, and, and hopefully we, we will be able to get some, uh, you know, a positive outcome. But the, le- we, the left is just uh, so far removed from reality. Uh, if these people keep getting into office, we, we have no hope whatsoever. 60 seconds to go, Jen. Another great appearance. Thank you, uh, Jennifer Harrison, Victims' Rights here in New York. You ever think about leaving? I mean, you're out there, surely Long Island. Uh, you, Lee Zeldin, some of my favorite people live out there, and your boyfriend was murdered, and here you are doing something so courageous in New York City a couple of weeks ago, like you said, Nadler, that fat bastard, and Adam Schiff, and, uh, you know, Goldman, even the mayor, who he showed very little uh, emotion for you guys, for you guys. He also talked about it like it was a Trump rally. You ever think about leaving? I, I do, but, you know, unfortunately I can't afford to, number one. And number two, you know, I have a son that's in school. I love his friends. I love the parents and everybody involved in our community. And I, you know, I have a political action committee. I helped a lot of people get elected out here, yeah, you know. So, you know, I have a lot of relationships and people don't, that, I, that I don't want to leave. And why would I go and, and have to rebuild that and start over somewhere else where I don't know the school district? I don't know the local government. At least I know the battles that we're facing here. So, I mean, you know, if I can afford to at some point and things start getting worse, they're actually meeting today to discuss elder parole. Um, if that passes and clean slate passes this legislative session, then I, I might have to rethink that and start a GoFundMe or something <laughs> to uh, to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you talk about GoFundMe. This Jordan Neely's father, you talk about a low life, right? I mean, he he, this piece of garbage is looking for money. He didn't do anything for that poor kid. You talk that kid, the mother got killed. The father never contacted him, didn't care about him. And now that he's dead for four or five days, the father shows up and he's distraught and he wants money. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No, no I, I, I'm not even going to talk about it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, great job today. Yeah, he's a scumbag. Thank you for uh, hopping on this morning. You're always terrific. And you're one of the good ones, Jen. Keep fighting. Keep fighting for uh, for Listen, the innocent I victims. Better, I better not. I better not hear Melissa DeRosa or Andrew Cuomo come on the station and talk about mental health and Jordan Neely when they're the ones that shut down the psychiatric centers that would be treating him. You may hear it anyway, <laughs> but you're right. <laughs> Nicely done, Jennifer. Always great to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I guess DeRosa got a show. Is that official now? 
I thought I saw something in the post. Melissa got a weekend show. Is that? I don't know. Was, wasn't that a couple weeks ago we saw that? I think I saw it. I think it's official now. I don't uh, know. I don't know. I don't know either. Jennifer's not going to be happy about that. <laughs> no, she's not. Now, people get very upset with this station. Yeah. They have to, what are you going to do? Hey, listen, that's, you're a democracy, and they have every right. You know. We care about this show. Right. And I don't disagree. I, you know, Como is a low life, and, you know, DeRosa and I kind of go back and forth, and, you know, I, I know she she's kind of an accomplice in all this, at the very least. Janice Dean hates her. I know that, and Jennifer hates her, too, so... And I'm friends with these people, so I'm kind of stuck in the middle, and I blame you for that, Ellie. Oh, well, uh, listen, it's um, <laughs> it's something that I'm trying to work on, and uh, we'll, Fix see, it. we'll see if I ever get there. <laughs> okay. All right, we've got a lot more to do on this show. we got uh, more news to talk about. I think we're done with guests on this Monday. But don't forget, huge list this week, including coming up in two days, this Wednesday, 8.05 a.m., making his debut in, on Sid and Friends in the Morning. Has not been on, with me at least, for five years when he joined me and Bernie back in 2018. President Donald Trump and me coming up 8.05 on Wednesday. Radio 77 WABC. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. What? Good song, Lewis. It's got a text from my friend Kevin Breslin, friend of me and Peter King, the son of the late, great Jimmy Breslin. Jimmy Breslin was a great writer. Kevin's a smart guy. He goes, Sid, toughen up. You called DeRosa an accomplice? She's a complete bullshit artist, man. Come on. Don't become an Albany star effer. By the way, I'm the last person on that side. Will you get in line? Albany bull shizzle lobbyist. I mean, my God, you come on here and you just start peddling these falsehoods. Get the rose on tomorrow. Okay. Don't you have her contact? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not allowed to text her anymore. Kevin gets mad at me. And Jennifer. Yeah. And Janice. All right, so let's pretend like I'm going to do it. But, uh, you'll... All right, just say you'll do it. Yeah, then. okay, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I feel like... It's good once in a while to do that stuff, but and I always have that issue with where do I draw the line. Like, I'll never bring Hokel on, never. Right. And I did flirt with Cuomo. We did have one cell conversation. This is old news. Both Cuomos, for that matter. That's true. That's true. You're right. But Andrew was was a conversation, and I'm not going to lie, it was, it was fine. You know, it was almost nice, I guess. Well, it was over text, so you never really know. No, 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 we talked by phone. Oh, on the phone. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I, I told him, I said, if he wants to come on, he has to discuss at least one of these issues. And, and the texting was getting annoying. I said, have him call me. And Andrew did call me. Mm-hmm. And then he said, okay, we'll do it. And then less than an hour later, tough guy, bully Andrew Cuomo, pussied out. Yeah. And uh, now he can't come on anymore, so. 
But an argument. I got people on both sides that annoy me. I mean, oh. some people did worse things. I mean, the Rosa and Cuomo, they're responsible for about 18,000 deaths. Right. Greg Kelly just annoys me. But. Well, I, I think at this point, right, every Monday we should just spend like five minutes going through the current suspension list. That's a great idea. I like that idea. Did I suspend anybody today? No, you haven't yet, but there's still 29 minutes left of the show. Somebody needs to get suspended. You're right. Who do you think it might be? Mm. Let me think about it. I okay, don't know. Yeah, yeah, you, right, you, because that over. you know, it's removed a lot from uh, the news and stuff this weekend, so nobody really annoyed me, you know. But you'll right. come in from the weekend and think about something and like, uh, yeah, I got no. these free, free taxes. You know, from... I, I may end up suspending uh, Rob Astorino, actually. <laughs> okay, why? Because he, he got made Well, he's getting too much attention over nonsense. <laughs> I mean, please. I mean, it was great. He did a great job. But what, did, what did he do? He didn't do anything. This guy came on, this uh, psycho, this Ed Day, who's a former company hero, and threatened to uh, physically uh, beat up the, uh, the mayor. The hell did Rob Astorino do? He just got him on the show. Yeah, but he's, come on, he's a nice guy. He did, he did hard work. He didn't know anything. You don't, want to, be, you don't want to be like a team player? Well, he like... was on the show Friday, Rob, with me, and he was terrific. He was yeah. great. No, he was always great. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a much bigger name today than he was on Friday. So What? I'm not That's like winning a beauty contest, a beauty contest in a leper I'm colony. Just stating a fact. Now he's suspended because you said that. That's it. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. <laughs> I like Rob. No, you got a better. You got to be a better team player, Noam. I feel like you don't like it when other people at the station uh, do something that requires attention. Um, you mean like not be jealous of them when they do something that, that well, gets let, a lot let, of attention? Listen, let, let's let's stop right there because I'm never jealous of anybody. Right. <laughs> Trust right. me. I'm jealous right. of people like. Maybe Stern or Trump, mm-hmm. not 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 a weekend host of anybody. Else. Quite frankly, a, a day part host. It's not jealousy. Right. I just don't like other people being talked about more than me. <laughs> he did get he did get Ed Day to say he'd like to strangle. Yeah, yeah. Mayor Adams. He, but he didn't really get him to on, say it. He just right, asked him a right. question. Did, did Astorino say, and I quote, "Well, let me ask you something. If it came down to it, would right. you ever become physically violent?" And Ed Day said, <laughs> "Yes." I, Ed Day just brought that out. Rob did nothing. I, I didn't hear his question, so I don't know for sure. It was, it, it was, it was in the middle of a long response. Yeah. Of Ed Day. Oh, yes. I got you. Yeah, there was no way Rob could have known that was going to happen. Rob didn't get that out of the guy. I get stuff out of people. Rob just threw something out there, and this psycho went nuts. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm not even sure you reacted in a way that was that that would be no. warranted. I guess from some something said so. Right. You know. Outlandish. Everybody's suspended on the weekends except for the music people. <laughs> Janine has said no to me like five consecutive, and I love Janine. I see her in the makeup room at Fox News now all the time. I love her. She's now suspended. Yeah. So now we have like nine people on the list. Oh, are you happy? Now you're happy? Well, see, you got is, me all fired up. Can you hold on a second? So I get right Monday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one's got to add to the list here. That's why well, you need I can't, it on a Monday. That's I can't why. suspend Dick Morris, so he's, 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 he's too, too strange. Oh, maybe we'll yeah. get him on tomorrow. Oh, Dick Morris? Yeah. No, nah, then I'll suspend him. Oh, God. Yeah. The origin of suspensions <laughs> lies in the Middle East. And Rudy, that son of a bitch, he never returns a text anymore, yeah. ever. Yeah. I'll be mad about Andrew, but get over it. <laughs> but he'll he'll call on a day when we have no idea. <laughs> right, and be like, am I yeah, scheduled? No, it's been a while. Rudy's, it's been a while. Now. Rudy's calling. It's 810. I know. I see that ref number. <laughs> Did you have Rudy Giuliani calling today on your bingo card? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but it's been a while since uh, the mayor was called in, actually. I, I just hear this to the side. <laughs> Alex going... Okay, where are you supposed to call in, um, Mr. Mayor? I don't know. Well, he has time issues. Sometimes I book him at a certain time, and it's like two hours later. But and I'm not going to suspend Laura Curran because I like her. Well, why would you? Why would you? Well, she did. Don't get me started. What did she She do? Well, she she actually stood on stage with Todd Kaminsky Hmm. more than once, Ah. and a Democrat in Nassau County 
And they turned out to be horrible people, almost all of them. Ah, she suspended not to. Oh, well, my God. God. Yeah, it's like you got Man. the shortest leash of all time. <laughs> no, he should have been like Bernard would say. Like, he's like the Irish. They just hold grudges against yeah. the fights. So now, <laughs> so, they now, hold the grudges. so now he's going to call me at like 7 o'clock tonight. Be I'm like, kidding. oh, my God, we need, we need guests. No one suspended. I'm, I'm only kidding. No I one suspended. I'm going to have great, nobody to go to. Two great people, Laura Kernan and Rob Astorino. Yeah. Two great people. They are great people. Yes. You, I remember doing the whole... I Government rate, you loved Astorino. I you were like so mad at me that I started liking Andrew. I wasn't mad at you. Yes, you I, were. I was disappointed in you. Oh, There's fine. a big difference. But Bernie was on the Astorino bandwagon the whole time yeah. until was... I told him not to. Then he jumped off like uh, like the, the train was on fire. Then he went to Giuliani <laughs> in two seconds. He was a good candidate. He just never had a shot at actually winning. I don't care. He handles things great. He's yeah. smart. Well, he cleaned up Chappaqua. No, he's a, Ooh, he did. That was a real rough neighborhood before. Right. Like walking into Watts. <laughs> it wasn't exactly East L.A. Right, right, right. right, right. Now, listen, uh, in all seriousness, congratulations to Rob. Wow. He did a great job, and that was a big interview, and it's been everywhere. He's on the cover of the New York Post, damn it. Jesus, what do you want the guy to do? God. I never get jealous of anybody, i got to tell you. <laughs> I don't. I'm happy for him. Yeah, He's on the cover of the New York Post. Yeah, I can see. That's so a big he, deal. Uh, you know, as the person who runs the list, is he off? I'm confused. No, no, no one's He's, suspended. Okay. I'm, I'm right. kidding. Everybody's good. Because I can take Laura Curran off, too? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Laura Kern is uh, of all of them maybe my favorite. Just okay. so you know, right. yeah. I just want to make sure it's uh, no new name, no new name. No, just the same no. two names no. that yeah. I have. No. Yeah, the one Indeed. that we okay. haven't said. Yeah. I like the way the station sounds right now. I mean, I, I do, and especially the weekends. I like these new weekend shows. I like Astorino. I like Curran. I like um, Rob Schmidt. Dick Morris. Is Rob Schmidt on this station? No. Yeah, I don't think no, so. I still like him. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I meant. Yeah. Fine. Boy. Now, it's time for Sid's Take. Sid's Take. Sid's Take, yeah. Good luck. It's Sid's Take. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. 9.43, coming up on 9.44 on your Monday morning. Beautiful Monday morning here in New York City. It's nice. Nice to see the sun after uh, last week, which was basically just um, a, cons- a constant monsoon, if you will. And um, that's why you haven't heard much from Macedonia Phil lately, <laughs> other, than the fact, other than the fact that he just doesn't work on our show anymore, but he fell off his bike. Decided to ride a bike through like a foot of rain, and and well, he um, now has a brace on his knee. Long story short, and fast so. too. Yeah, he was going very fast. Very smart. But Curtis Lee seems to think that he got mugged, and his bike got stolen. Oh, so we'll have to get the true story from uh, Macedonia for when he hath returned. Um, your Monday morning edition of the uh, Peerless Spoilers Sits Take Trivia Game. There we go. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. It is I, Justin Ollick, our contestant for the game. Oakland, New Jersey. Chris hails from there. What's going on, Chris? Hey, what's up? Good morning, everybody. Good morning, my man. Good morning. Are you prepared for some movie trivia this morning? I've been waiting all day for it. All right. Well, let's dive right in. You give five questions. I'll give you... Five questions. You got to give me five correct answers, incorrect answers, whatever pleases you. All right, on to number one. 
What are the compass directions assigned to the wicked witches in the Wizard of Oz? West mm-hmm. and east. Wow. West and east. Uh, that was a real brain twister. I've one. never seen the movie, though. Oh, well, there you go. One for <laughs> one. On to number two, Chris. Which of these actors starred in five of the top ten grossing films of all time? Is it A, Harrison Ford, B, Tom Hanks, C, Robert De Niro, or D, Denzel Washington? Man, I'm going to go with Hanks. Ooh. Harrison Ford would be your correct answer. On oh, two. I was going to say, and I just oh. watched Star Wars last night. Oh, too. Oh, okay. You're oh, right. my God. Wow. That's hey, how they did that. You're right. Still right. <laughs> One for two. On to number three, Chris. Which of the following actresses won the Best Actress Oscar for 1933, 1967, 1968, and 1981? Was it A, Audrey Hepburn, B, Catherine Hepburn, C, Meryl Streep, or D, Grace Kelly? It's a Catherine Hepburn. Very nicely done, Christopher. Yes. Two for three. On to number four. The stars of what 1977 film appeared on the cover of the February 1997 edition of Time magazine? Was it A, Star Wars, A New Hope, B, Saturday Night Fever, or C, The Spy Who Loved Me? I'm going to say, see, 97, they released the new Star Wars, so I'll go with Star Wars. Spectacular! Very nicely done, Chris. I didn't think you'd give me two Star Wars. That's good. All right. Whoa. Lewis, we can send our trainee, our board op trainee, Nick, if he's in there, to um, go and fetch Sydney. Yeah. Or Gnome can do it. I see Gnome moving. That's a good question. (laughs) Where's he at? Now Gnome is moving. um, So we've got two men on it going to retrieve the big man. On to number five quickly here, Chris. Bert and Ernie of Sesame Street are named uh, after characters in what classic Christmas film? Um, I had no idea about that one. I'm going to say what, what uh, Miracle on 34th Street. Doesn't matter. No. You'll have to wait to hear the correct answer because now um, Sydney has returned. He's put on his headphones so you he can hear How many did he get right? He went three for five. Oh, wow. I'm not prepared to win today. That was right, right, Lewis? You went uh, three for five? Star Wars, Catherine Hepburn. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> <Now we're>, <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, God. Why is it in here? <laughs> I got to play. He went three for five. Three for five? Yes. Okay. All right, you ready? I'm ready. You're still going to get those answers wrong anyway. Okay. You <laughs> didn't hear me. Number one. What? What are the compass directions assigned to the Wicked Witches and the Wizard of Oz? Oh, yeah, the Wicked Witch of the... the uh, East and West. There you go. Glenda was the uh, one of the witches. Mm-hmm. And the other one did the Maxwell House commercial. Right. And one of them wasn't so wicked after all. Glenda, right. Yes. On to number did two. he get that right, the uh, contestant? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes. On to number two. You know what news stands for? What? News. Like the word? Yeah. Uh, no? North, east, west, and south, dummy. <laughs> oh, how about that? The news from all, all directions. You learned something. You, you didn't know that either, did you, Lewis? No, and I didn't give myself enough uh, invaluable time to <laughs> <laughs> thinking about that. How about it? What? Fun fact of the day. Yeah. yeah I made it up. A lot true. of fun. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's totally, totally not true. No, yeah. it's true. Of course, it's all four directions, all the news you need. North, east, west, and south. It's a wild coincidence. Exactly where it got it from, goddammit. Mm-hmm. I'll challenge you. <laughs> now you made me. Now Mike Green's gonna text me. Yeah. Nope. And Margo. And Margo. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Number two. 
Which of these actors starred in five of the top ten grossing films of all time? A. Harrison Ford. B. Tom Hanks. C. Robert De Niro. And D. Denzel Washington. Oh, wow. They start how many? Five of the top ten. What are the four choices again? Harrison I got to go Tom Cruise. Mm, no, okay, well, he's oh, not an it's Harrison Ford. Mm, so, okay. It's You're Harrison Ford. There you go. You got it right. Yeah. <laughs> you got it right because you said an answer that wasn't there. Right, yeah. Because yeah. he was in Star Wars <laughs> and Indiana Jones. Yeah. And um, the other Star Wars. Right. And the other Star Wars. And he had sex with the girl from Ali McBeal. Uh huh. Yeah. The, the, uh, the Amish movie, I think, right? He wasn't that. He was mm-hmm. very good in that. Mm. Yeah. Was it a couple, too, where he played the president? Air Force One, maybe? Sure. That was good. Remember that? Yeah. Leonard Part 6, I think he was there with Bill oh, Cosby. Oh, Leonard yeah. Part 6. Wow. Great movie. Was he in The Fugitive with Tommy Lee Jones? I don't remember. That was him. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, and then the other one. Uh, what was the other one? Dr. Uh, Kimball. No. Yes. Uh, Blade Runner was probably up there as well. Oh, Blade Runner. No. He wasn't weird, in that, but fine. Yes, he was. He was, yes. He, he was the cop. Was. He was the cop. Told you. No. He okay. was in uh, the prequel to Yellowstone, yeah. which announced on Saturday... It is officially going away. What? Uh, Kevin Costner's divorce. Yeah, it's done. Last season. Finished. But done. there's one more season, and then that's they'll it. be done. Oh, that's okay. right. Yes. Is that's that, really is, depressing. Is that the news? That's the news. <laughs> Northeast, <laughs> West, and South. Yes. <laughs> made up. Made up. Damn. End of an era there. Made up. Short era. On to number three. Two for two. Which of the following actresses won the Best Actress Oscar for 1933, 1967, 1968, and 1981? Was it A, Audrey Hepburn, B, Catherine Hepburn, C, Meryl Streep, or D, Grace Kelly? Oh, it's one of the Hepburns. Audrey. Oh. oh. Whatever I knew. It's Catherine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, my buddy Josh is listening, and he says Frisco Kid was uh, also Harrison Ford. There you go. I got the wrong Hepburn. I, I get confused. You well, know. I they're both sure. Hepburns. So Boy, I got to tell you, yeah. I saw... I think their mom did, too, a lot. Peter Fonda. <laughs> is it Peter Fonda's daughter who was in um, Single White Female? Really Bridget, pretty. Bridget. Bridget Fonda? Yeah. She's like 800 pounds, bro. You really? Oh, my. Remember how cute she was? She retired about 20 years ago, yeah. too. From well, she must. She's <laughs> she's spent a lot of time eating at her retirement. <laughs> I mean, she's huge. I saw a picture of her on Saturday. I couldn't believe it. Well, I saw pictures of her and Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan oh, looks terrible. Oh, my, oh my God. God. Yeah, what happened? That's oh, really, that's geez. even worse. Jeez. Come on. Yeah. There's got to be a place Don't call me a go. bad guy because I'm calling this out. That's my job. No, my God. Nah, she was, And she was cute as a butt. She was yeah. adorable. Shocked me. It's oh. like, oh, we got to put some makeup on. That's, that's like slapping God across the face. Terrible. Was... She was married to, what's his name, I guess, uh, for a while. Um, he's on the show a lot. The actor. He's got a Randy Quaid, uh, Dennis Quaid, I think. Okay. Yeah. What's number wow. four? Wow. Number four. The Ooh. stars of what 1977 film appeared on the cover of the February 1997 edition of Time magazine? Was uh-huh. it A, Star Wars, A New Hope, B, Saturday Night Fever, or C, The Spy Who Loved Me? It's not Spy Who Loved Me. It's either Star Wars or my man JT. I may have been 78. Star Wars. Nice. Spectacular. Yeah. Three for four. On to number five. In an attempt to win today's game. Bye. Bert and Ernie of Sesame Street are named after characters in what classic Christmas film? Why do people think they're gay? Uh, My dad was actually in an episode of Sesame Street once dancing with my golden retriever when I was just a child. Ooh, that's a cool story. It actually might have been before I was yeah. even conceived. 
Did Bert grope him? <laughs> <laughs> so Bert and Ernie are, are what now? Of Sesame Street are named after characters in what classic Christmas film? Is that true? They're named after characters in a Christmas film? Mm-hmm. To try and think of the Christmas. It's a wonderful life. There you go. What character? Ralphie and um, no, the, the cab driver. Yeah, I would imagine. And, uh, the, I don't even. I know. would imagine the two characters are Bert yeah. and Ernie. Yeah. All right. So. so did I win? <laughs> That's funny. Did I win? Uh, yeah, you won. All righty. There you have it, folks. Four hey. three, your final score. Sid gets the win. We'll come back with one more segment. Wrap it up on a Monday, right after this. It's Sid's Take, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Collins and Philip Bailey. We continue to celebrate Philip Bailey's birthday, the lead singer of Earth, Wind, and Fire. But this is him with Bill Collins. This one is called Easy Lover. Sid Rosenberg with you for two more minutes. But of course, I wasn't their first choice. That was Opie. Big show coming up tomorrow. <laughs> Bo Deedle. The real Tina makes a return. Yes, Tina Forte is running for office again. Who doesn't love her? I love her. And uh, somebody else tomorrow. Who was it? Luke Russert. Oh, the son of the late, great Tim Russert, Luke Russert, who I'm embarrassed to say I did see on MSNBC last week, but he's got a new book out talking about his father. So Luke going to be here. And Kellyanne Conway, who I saw... Friday night when I did Jesse Waters, she was actually hosting Tucker's show afterwards. She looked great. Red dress. Go to my Instagram page, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, Instagram, Facebook, Sid Rosenberg. See the pictures of me and Kellyanne Conway and me and Jesse. Hopefully Kellyanne will join us tomorrow. And then a big show Wednesday. How about this? Between 7.30 and 8.30 on Wednesday morning, you get my mother. And as soon as my mother hangs up, President Trump. That's <laughs> a, a heck of an hour. So we've done for today. <laughs> it's as close as to getting to hook up. Right oh my now. God! You better watch out. Well, I'm trying to set the whole thing up. I'm dying for my mother to bank President Trump. It'd be great. <laughs> great. It was the greatest banging ever. I loved it, Sid. You gotta tell your mother. I'll send her some roses. It was great. It was great. Good luck to Joe Tacopina today in that courtroom talking about President Trump. Who will join us at 8:05 a.m. on Wednesday morning. Lou Rufino, great job today. Justin Ellick, Noam Layden, the whole crew. Enjoy your sunny Monday in New York City. 76 and sunny. Go eat it up until tomorrow, a Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. From all of us on Sid and Friends in the morning to all of you. Peace! 
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 